Yeah. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to another bonus episode of the Comedians of Wrestling Podcast. This is a podcast. This episode is a long time coming. Uh, I'm very excited to chat with this guy. Uh, but um, before Tulo, Tulo's here, by the way. Before we introduce uh, hey, him, let's up? let's look to it because Tulo is is the cow champion. He's awarded me the right to host this episode even though sure. he is the current couch champion which means that the privilege has come with that i mean it's the most prestigious prestigious title in all of uh, wrestling podcasting and uh so there, there's a, so i i, I too low as much as we can be adversarial at times i want to thank yeah. you for giving me the the uh ability and the right and the privilege of kicking it off this week you know yeah uh, so, i i couldn't be happier to uh hand this off to you as just because you have the experience. You have done the hosting, right? And when you have guests on, I, I, as a fan of, of the pod as well, you always do just a, such a spectacular job of of uh, guiding the con- well, guiding the conversation, leading the conversation, and uh, getting the most out of it. So you know what? Why 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 fuck that up? Let's just do it, baby. Absolutely, life rips. Now, life rips. Uh, <laughs> Tiptoe with Tulo here. Yeah, what up? Uh, remember this podcast, patreon.com slash comedians of wrestling. Support the podcast. But that's just mm-hmm. irrelevant right now. What's relevant right now is our guest here. This man, I mean, he, he has all kinds of accolades. He's being called by uh, the voice of independent wrestling by Mr. Ron Funches, past guest on the show. Uh, he is the voice of of gcw game changer wrestling but most importantly and i think he would agree he is a a a, a commentator on cow title matches he uh uh the two of the our biggest fights a, a mania match in SummerSlam. the real of the you know two of the big four he is the announcer the cow commentator um and uh, mr kevin gill welcome to the fucking podcast of uh, finally what up, though, and what is truly good, though? It's an honor to to be here. And, yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. Uh, yeah. To be uh, kind of the cornerstone of the cow kind of super events annually, especially for the 2021 into 2022 season, it's been definitely the, the highlight of my career. And, you know, just everywhere I go, people are, are mentioning specific things that I said on the call, you know, talking about the um, – uh, what? Oh, sorry, I'm spacing on it on the spot – the uh, Magic Killer. Uh, yeah, uh, of yeah. course. Your match uh, killer was about- great. That's so, that was the best part for me. If you don't see it, the the call, Kevin's call. Sorry to interrupt you, Kevin, but your call of Magic Killer um, at the Vegas show <laughs> was just incredible. It was straight up like Japanese style. Uh, exactly how they'll call it in New Japan. You know, the elongated magic killer. <laughs> it was so great. Well, also, though, I- I'm just putting icing on the cake. You hit the move. Arguably better than Gallus and Anderson ever have, or really any any wrestler duo trio quadrangle ever. Truly, one of the best parts about our shows, uh, and and you've been involved in two of them now, and hopefully uh, many more, uh, Kevin, because I, I consider you a cornerstone of these shows at this point. But I would say okay. is that is like the the best part about the show, and I wish the audience could see it, is that like that show Gallows stumbles in backstage like <laughs> sh- wasted right like, like he's gone 
You know what I mean? And like that's what our <laughs> that's what the backs that's what the green room of these shows are. Truthfully, to be honest, I think the green room is better than the show. <laughs> yeah, that's where the famous uh, Jimmy Lloyd and John John Morrison or Johnny yeah. Caballero or whatever uh, photo Johnny and Nudo, uh, Johnny Nitro, yeah. Johnny yeah. everything, John Johnny Morrison. wrestling, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny uh, Valkyrie, <laughs> Johnny Valkyrie as he's a very progressive guy. But um, so it's like got all stubbles in, and I say to Ziggler, I'm like, "Yo, we have a magic killer spot in this match. We, <laughs> ask, you think he'll like come up and like do you know give Tulo magic killer? First off, I don't even ask Tulo permission about this because this guy's literally three feet taller than us, right? So it's a way right. bigger drop. I'm gonna go uh, ask the seven foot tall guy if he can give my partner a move. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how we run the shows. Like someone's gonna die on one of these shows, but just watch it back to. Cl- I don't want to get too derailed, but I watched this two little clip me with that spear so hard. Like I have no business taking spears like that. But just to focus this, so Gallows and I go to Ziggler and I'm like, yo, uh, do you mind if I ask Gallows to do that spot? And he pulls <laughs> me to the side and he's like, you do not ask him to do anything on this show right now. He's absolutely gone and like it's not safe and who knows if they'll even do it or show up or whatever like he's like let him just hang out here you know what i mean and that's 100%. like when he just hung out in the back i think i maybe like forced him to give me a two sweet <laughs> and uh and that's it so there's a chance that that magic killer the, i love that the, our shows and i'll throw it to you i'm talking about i guess i'm going into business for myself here but i think kevin it's something that you appreciate because you're always excited about it but it's like it is the fact that there's a chance that that magic killer could have had Luke Gallows in it is what I love so much about what we do, you know? Well, that's, that's the magic of cow and independent wrestling in general is that literally Mm -hmm. anything could happen. And then Gallows being in the building is 50% of the equation. Do you know what I mean? At that point, and you guys putting on the event is the other 50%. So it's like all the pieces of the puzzle are there. And sometimes, sometimes it all, uh, the planets align. Well, because I, I watched far, I, I would go as far as to say as Gallows being there, yeah, and not and no one probably even knowing about it, but only us, yeah, made that spot even better. Because not only the call came on the second Magic Killer, we did two, okay, we did two because the crowd demanded it, and <laughs> Dolph. Dolph refused to let us go on without it, giving them the another. The table one. didn't break. Yeah, right. Dolph's right. Like, you got to do another. Yeah. Crowds going we, one more we time. We do no training. We have no, no tra- training. You know, it's like so fucking. Ugh, the only know. training we had for that spot was in on a hotel room, like three hours before the event, and they're giving me magic killers onto the bed. Is that you think oh, of that's course. good? I'm oh, yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. But I'm Brad, that in, no problem. Brad yeah, attitude, gonna... literally choking Tulo, uh, choke slamming him onto like a bed in the fucking MGM. Like... My, my face, my, the, he lifted me up so high during that test, my face touched the ceiling of the hotel room. Like, like <laughs> and then he just dropped me down. That was crazy. That's probably the one surface of the hotel room that hasn't had balls and asshole on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's our that first, one that's our first asshole reference on air. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yo, Kevin, so right. the, all of this is to say, okay, that I think you and I had a moment at the collective this year where I felt a kinship with you, where I understood it. Like, I, I, I was like, oh, because so at, my background is I came from like UCB background doing like improv and sketch. And it was literally in the basement of a Gristini's where literally we'd be performing on stage and like literal shit pipes would leak on us. 
right? Like, no one knew what it was. We kind of all just, like, turned the blind eye. <laughs> that, like, the the elephant in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? We all turned the And, like, sometimes it wasn't just Sometimes it'd be Amy Poehler getting shit leaked on her. Like, she was a huge star. Right? Like, everyone in that space would turn the blind eye, you know? And, th- and we do shit dirty. And, like, that's how, I, we, you know, we kind of run the DZ show. Um, and then, like, when you and I stood next to that collective sign, you just sent me that. And we're at the collective this year, and literally the sign for the collective, people fly thousands of miles, and maybe this is a question for Brett at some point, you know what I mean? But, like, people fly thousands of miles to go to – Tulo didn't even have any WWE tickets or anything for WrestleMania. He was going no, no. exclusively to – For the collective. WWE. And he already had his ticket patch. And you go the there. Package. The ticket package purchase. Yeah, I'll post this picture of, of me and, and, and Kevin. <laughs> it's like one piece of it's the collective. It's one piece of oak tag, right? This is the this is the official sign for the GCW event. Okay, it's a piece of oak tag. Someone wrote in single letters, not block, not bubbles, not bubble, not bubble. That's extra. That's double the work. <laughs> that's double the money, pal. Arguably more than double because there's you know there's sides anyway whatever like a T requires not just an extra T right. it requires the connecting lines as well so there's more it's more than double work and the oak tag it's ta- it's duct taped onto the fucking onto the wall right with a, just duct tape and it's written on the side well, where there's one. Yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. Is it to finish your thought? It's written on the side where the barcode is. <laughs> the barcode's out. on there. So they couldn't even write on the side where the barcode's on the other side. Or, or it, you figure it's either it's either that or they made the college try on the flip <laughs> side and botched it. And then but I prefer yeah. to I prefer to think they started on the UPC side. But also it's the tape job. Yeah. Three yeah. sides even. And then one long tail, like eight inches. The tape goes like eight inches below <laughs> the sign. It's like a reverse letter P. Bro, like it's so crazy because my my background in this stuff, like, is like we throw shows together and create magic. But like our show, like we had no sound. The show started at six. The sound's not even up at six. You know what I mean? And like people in my show are a little bit like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking fine." Like you know what I mean? I'm like, "This is how it goes." You know what I mean? Like, like you said, because that's and there's a magic. There's a beauty. There's a beauty in that because at the same time, and it is like when you go into the GCW event and it's just an open hall uh, of people. Literally, by the way, uh, I don't want to forget to say this. I know we're, I'm going all over the place, but there were people in lawn chairs watching, which I thought was yeah. a fucking <laughs> funny. Uh, people to the GCW events that brought their own lawn chairs to an indoor <laughs> warehouse event. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking awesome. Genius. Yeah, it is genius. I, I'll admit, I saw. Uh, I didn't see those chairs when they were occupied, but yeah. I did walk through the building and notice them unoccupied. And I thought to myself, man, those are some smart motherfuckers. Because <laughs> yeah. I, even just doing commentary in a steel folding chair, I'd rather sit in almost anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> But well, I'd love to have some sort of a plush lawn chair or a gamer chair. Maybe that's in the future. We can arrange that. I can get a top money sponsorship from a gaming chair company <laughs> oh my and they God. just ship a chair to each market. And I give this chair away at the end of the night. That's not what I want. What I want is that you can get like, you know, VIP. There's like front row seats. There's general admission. And then your there's chair, like BYOC. Yeah, then there's fucking like, uh, you know, like RV park. Like, right, right. Like, but I'm <laughs> seating. Yeah, you get you get like the equivalent of laying your towel out at the beach. You get like yeah. that type of parking spot for you to put a, a lawn chair or a lawn chair and a cooler and a wagon, whatever you maybe fuck you want. You do it. It's like there's GCW general admission, there's GCW front row, and then there's GCW uh, 
plot. You get a plot. <laughs> <laughs> Only 16 plots available. The 16 plots. So, somehow we can run some power there and like <laughs> give everybody their own their own little fucking outlet charge your own, too. And you can yeah. charge your own phone. Yeah, dude, that would be premium shit. Yeah. Now, look. Let me all to say, because it feels like, oh, we're knocking the, the DIY of it all. <laughs> but I'm not. Because what I'm saying is what's amazing is that you go in there and you're seeing highest level professional wrestling. Literally, jo- literally John Moxley. I was there with my girlfriend, Christina. Yep. Uh, and I say to Christina, she watches John Moxley. And I go, this, just to put this into context for you, Christina, the last time this guy wrestled at a WrestleMania, it was against Brock Lesnar. You know the guy you've seen who's reinventing in in the AT and T Stadium, and he's, <laughs> you know what I mean. He's here bleeding out of his back, and uh, people are fucking adoring it. You know, and then you turn to your right and you see you on the commentator booth. You're so fucking keyed in. You're so focused. You know what I mean? It's like the the operation there is exact. It's I adore it. Like it's it's so mm-hmm. it's so great. I I am uh, roasting as a comedian. I roast to compliment. Like I think it is a sure. beautiful. If it didn't exist, mania. It's almost to me. Uh, if mania had none of that, it would suck. You know, what mania weekend would just be like another good pay per view. You know, sure, and not as much. Yeah, to me, the reason to travel gets increased much more. And plus, even with you know WrestleMania until not that long ago was one night. You know, now it's right. Two nights and, you know, SmackDown and the Raw after, which has always been, and now combining the Hall of Fame and whatever. But to me, what you get at the collective uh, really makes it worth a weekend. Because if you like wrestling and, you know, a lot of people like the wrestling part of wrestling, believe it or not. They didn't come for the sports entertainment part of wrestling. They came for the wrestling. So the idea of getting to see the best talent from all over the world. Uh, what you know, ranging from Joey Janela's Spring Break to Blood Sport to For the Culture to Gay Brunch, uh, Planet Death, the independent mm-hmm. promotions that get to showcase and spotlight. There's literally something for everyone, and if you're into everything like Tulo, you just get the ticket for oh, yeah. everything, and literally yeah. just get you're set. Like that's your ticket. You're in. You're set for the whole weekend for less than what one maybe second raised level seat at rest at one night of WrestleMania would cost. Hundred percent. I mean, I actually thought this year was almost really interesting in a way where the WWE show was kind of not a wrestling show at all. Right? <laughs> it was crazy in that regard. Yeah, like think of how much at, there was ne- unprecedented. There was almost like when you go back to WrestleMania one and <laughs> yeah. two, the amount yeah. of celebrities. It was yeah. that, except they were in the fucking matches this yeah, time. Yeah. Like, like, and I, I was like, oh, this is perfect because I don't even need wrestling from WWE. Which is right. Like, so I almost thought, right? Like, that's not yeah. why I'm even watching it. So to be honest, I was like, this is after I watched some of the matches you're seeing at GCW at ROH. Plus, it's like we're snapping right back into AEW, you know, in Samoa Joe, uh, Suzuki, like r- right yeah. on the next Dynamite uh, or the Dynamite after whatever. Uh, it, it, I almost like applauded WWE for this mania. Like, to be honest, I don't mind. Let WWE become kind of just like a fun party act, yeah fun spectacle well, of fu- fun is fun show. and they seem to sometimes get away from the fun and and the continuity believe it or not leads to fun you know right. uh by just having things continue on and make sense but like i was offered tickets to both nights of wrestlemania and i chose the sunday night because 
uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, there was one other one that was, I was like, oh man, those are both going to be, I, I'm kind of real curious to see what they're going to do. The if they would have advertised or were in a position to advertise Austin versus Owens as a match, obviously I would have went to that. Yeah. But uh, knowing what I know now and having been to the show or whatever, I have no regrets. Like I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was exactly fun. Exactly how I felt. Um, and plus, hey, was I uh, enhanced by the fact that I walked in there with a ride to and from free tickets, free food, free drinks, all that. Does that affect my opinion? I think so. But regardless, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I am having the best time ever. We're laughing sometimes. We're cheering sometimes. We're howling sometimes. Yeah. You know, like it, the, it, is... oh, it yeah. was just an experience. Like I enjoyed it and it was fun. And the only time I was ever, we were ever like, whatever was like the almost right. match, which you knew exactly what we were going to get. And then the yeah. uh, the AJ Styles and Edge match, I don't know how it came off on TV, but in the building, it just seemed like a lot of double downs. We kept joking about it in the skybox or whatever, yeah. but it just seemed like, man, this is the match of all double downs or whatever. And it probably came off good on TV, but it just seemed like a lot of laying down. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, that match was the match. They have one of those every year now. They take yeah, very methodical. Yeah, they do one where it's the beginning of the story, but it's at Mania, you know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, and it, it like well, you they, described it perfectly, Dan. You said it was the match yeah. that they make. They want you to believe that everybody wants you wants to see this match happen. Yeah, and it wasn't that, but it's the like, match okay. that we'll have. That's what <laughs> yeah, I said. It. It's yeah, the match yeah. they think that we've been dying to see. <laughs> they're like, this is the dream match you've been dying to see forever. And I'm like, that's a match I'll have. Like that's cool. It's Edge AJ. I never thought I'd see those guys wrestle, but never in my no one's fantasy book. Like, imagine if Edge and AJ went yeah, like yeah, yeah. like those are two completely different types of talents. So like, whatever. But yeah, like because so Kevin, like my question, my, my my thought to you is and and my thought that weekend, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this are. Is like, um, I feel like we are so. The, the Romans and the Brocks, right? Like, the, the, that type of talent, right? I guess, like, those are kind of the titans of professional wrestling, the pinnacle, are so far away, removed from the rest of the wrestling scene. Does that make, <laughs> does that make yeah. sense? That, I don't it remember does. it really being like that when I was kind of a kid. I mean, I know Austin wasn't going to, like, indie shows, but he felt like in the same dimension of all yeah. these wrestlers, now there's like different <laughs> planes, right? Like the, it's like a multiverse of wrestling now. Yes, a, me a metaverse. Where of like wrestling. Roman Reigns doesn't, whatever he is, doesn't feel like a professional wrestler. Like and 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 it's almost a ne negative to him for me. It's like I almost kind of write him off. I'm like, yeah, he's like more of like a star than like I can't even see him if he went to like a GCW. Like what, what would that even be? You know what I mean? Oh man. But then again, you never know. Like literally last yeah. night I was watching. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's that famous uh, Hulk Hogan versus the Great Muda match oh, from yeah, Japan. The yeah, yeah. yeah. The one with the long ass ramp to the ring. Yeah. And and uh, just seeing Hogan, that entire match, all Hogan does is stuff that you've legit never see him do in a regular match. He's doing like rolling arm bars and all sorts of crazy submissions. And in right. other words, you never you never know what. I don't know where Hulk Hogan even learned that shit because he never had to do it before. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's so true. But it's just one of those things where Roman has such, um, like you said, the star power thing. I think he's one of those guys that he can go anywhere and do anything in the same way and even more so than, say, like Cody did. Like, I was there when Cody debuted in PWG and uh, for that match, and 
to me, he was just a perfect fit. You know what I mean? Like, even though when you're watching him as Stardust or with the clear face protector on, like, you don't think of him as, man, this guy in Gorilla, get ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is amazing. Like, yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) Cody is such an important pro wrestler because Mm -hmm. of the fact that if we're going with this multiverse analogy, he's the guy who we've seen him in every single planet and every Uh plane. (laughs) Like, you're right. Like, I watched Cody at PWG when, like, the ring was broken. Were you at that one? Like, the... I, don't one, I just remember his debut. It was in the tournament, like in Bola. Yeah, it was Bola. I was and there. he threw his he threw his boot in the crowd. Yeah, threw yeah. his boots in the crowd at the end. And yeah. I remember too. I, I was I was backstage at that show because I was interviewing the Young Bucks and Matt Riddle for separate interviews. Yeah. Do I have an eye for talent or what? But <laughs> you do. so I arrived at the building really early, like so early. I was like the first person at the building. American Legion, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Barely so, a building, uh, by the way. <laughs> right. A, stru- a structure, if you will. And uh, I was in the back and someone I was there before anybody. And then someone finally came and let me let me and someone else in the building. And there's like two of us just sitting in the locker room ish waiting for other people to arrive. And what, the first person to arrive after us was Cody Rhodes in a suit who then yeah. introduced himself to me and the other guy. And, you know, he knows we're not anybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, that always made a good a good impression. They're like, man, this dude's wearing a fucking suit in this sweat box. You know what I'm dude, saying? Same. I did my first ever Cow Live show. Uh, I moved to LA and I did a show at UCB. Uh, it was when remember they had like six years in a row where WWE did SummerSlam in the Staples Center. Yeah, so yeah, think, yeah. So I think yeah. it was like the last year. So I did. The, you drove like, them out of town. Yeah, they were like, yeah, well, this is you know, <laughs> this guy can't be having this much fun. Uh, so then, uh, someone brought Cody to the show. Ziggler was performing on the show. Someone brought Cody and, uh, Cody, he was sitting in the front row and my friend did a, a Dusty impression, not knowing Cody was even oh, there. Oh, shit. He did a full, I mean, Dusty was alive at the time, but, uh, you know, he did a full, uh, uh, thing and Cody's there. Everyone's there. It's a midnight show at UCB. <laughs> okay. Cody's there in a suit and like a duster jacket. You know what course, I mean? Like yeah. the full thing. Everything and, but the actual cowboy hat. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, he, you know, like, he, you know, then he he, he gets up. He, like, when that impression happened, he gets up and, 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 because I was like, do you want to do something in the show? And then he was like, no, I'm here just to support Dolph. He gets up and then he starts giving a critique on the Dusty impression. You know? He was like, oh, it was terrible. And here's why. And blah, blah, blah. And it was fucking great. And then after the show, he's talking to me forever at the bar. And he was stardust at the time. And I remember, like, completely in my brain underestimating him. You know? Like, I have to be dead honest. It was like, sure. It was like, oh, I'm talking to, like, oh, it's cool. This is Cody Rhodes, blah, blah, blah. He's Dusty's son. That's all I really thought of him. And to see where he's at now, where I'm at a mania, losing my voice over him reviewing. And then think of his the Mania debut, the Raw, the reception he received at Raw. I remember uh, one of the most asked questions that people asked me, even people uh, in and around the industry asked me were like, oh, you know, don't you think Cody's going to get booed in WWE? And I was like, not at all. And they're yeah. like, oh, I think they need to be worried and they need to do this and they need to do that. And I was like, I don't think they need to do any of that at all. Like, no. The unique situation within AEW and the audience response to Cody, I feel, is exactly that. It's yeah. a unique. It's a unique scenario. You know what I mean? I, 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 you know, being the mark that I am, KG, I would even go as far as to say that, like, I think that had a huge influence on why he wanted to go to WWE. I honestly think 
he was trying to get over in AEW and the crowd refused to. And I don't think that aligned with who he wanted to be. And I think, and, and they couldn't have done it better WWE by putting him, keeping him the way he was keeping the stuff. Yeah. I I like that too. I I think it's just perfect. I I just, I think it's, they just are nailing it and it's perfect. I think it's so impactful to the end to the future of professional wrestling and what it does for Cody Rhodes. I mean, we're talking about jumping from multiverse to multiverse. Yes. Now when he, now when he goes anywhere else, he's got, you went back to WWE when you said you wouldn't. And it's, but I accept though. I, I think though his career from here continues to go up because while he's riding this uh, giant wave of success in WWE and even like a further expanding of his brand, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start seeing Cody on films and in TV shows again. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's only gonna, you know what I mean? Make, is, make are, his are tattoo now, bigger. It's only going to make his I, tattoo. Here's bigger. an exclusive. So now right. are we on the brink of the next rock? Are we on the brink of the next person who can become so big as a, a, a character, as a force, as an actor, could Cody Rhodes now transcend uh, the sport I, of professional wrestling? I think no. I think Cody's a. I think Cody is a re- pro wrestler and will do the highest of highs. Meaning, I believe that he will main event WrestleMania. You know what I sure. mean? I, like that high, but I don't think he'll break through. But I have on record and said it two minutes ago underestimated Cody Rhodes before you know what I mean true uh, I you know it's one of the things I I just adore about pro wrestling it's my and 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 god I, I'm sorry I'm veering off but like Logan Paul I saw a quote from him and he and and a guy that you know impressed me at Wrestlemania because he did it so much right you know yeah but yeah. at the end of the all day of it right he did really maybe all of it right but the point is more, I saw him, it was a quote of him, and it was kind of going around. It was like him being like, wrestling's not fake, I'm sore, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, shut the, I fuck up. Are we still doing that Piper shit? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, he did that on Bill Maher. It's like, oh, is it real? Everyone knows that anytime you fall down, it hurts. People are not, yeah. they live on planet Earth. We know what gravity is, okay? Like, right. We understand that the fact that wrestling is fake doesn't matter, okay? Right. It's a scripted art form like every other art you like so this conversation of like oh it's fake blah 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 is so it's so fucking base and pointless at this point i i, I absolutely hate it my point is more the shit that i love about pro wrestling the stuff that's hard to describe when people say like why do you like it it's fake is more stuff about like when i underestimate someone or someone does something that gets over and a wrestler who i've completely dismissed becomes relevant for one move or a spontaneous moment becomes a whole catchphrase and trademark and like oh how alive it is because it's live theater get these hands suplex city uh becky the man moment like uh like cody just going over to like cody who was stardust you know going and joining bullet club and all that like that is the stuff that doesn't exist in anything Correct. Anything. And Correct. explaining that to people is, I could care fucking like, less. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> uh, imagine back in the day, like an underneath actor quit his acting contract to mm-hmm. join the Rat Pack. Yeah. And just like put into the top, whatever the top act of the time was. Yeah. Like, but it's, like, it's, it's crazy what Cody's achieved. My question though is, I'm curious. Oh yeah, go, go, go. It is I'm caffeinated up, baby. I'm yeah, caffeinated up. That's what I do. I, I talk over the guests. That's what I do. Kevin. You know, it's because I love you, baby. KG? I love you. Uh, you this there? is uh, Bounce Caffeinated Sparkling Water. Wow, a little bit of the bubbly. Whoa. Love, oh, Bubbly Bounce. I'm sorry. Bubbly Bounce. 
But yeah, oh, I love it's, it. It's it's only got half as much caffeine as highball, which I prefer. Bit of the <laughs> but I was oh, gonna say you, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> you that worked the, out uh, perfectly. The, the, he was like, Cody, I was gonna say <laughs> the uh, the Cody yeah. uh, the Dusty Rhodes impersonation. What yeah. do you think the current jury verdict is on Dusty Rhodes impersonations? Because I love Dusty Rhodes, and I think yeah. Dusty Rhodes impersonations celebrate the life and times of Dusty Rhodes. But I'll be honest, there's many times I've been on commentary or other places, and I wanted to say something as dusty or do something as dusty. And then I just think of Cody and then I just don't, you know what I mean? Uh, because that's the vibe Cody, I feel like that's the vibe Cody gives off, right? He, he doesn't uh, care for the uh, dusty impressions. I don't know. Like I just, I don't, I don't have any data to back it up. It's just something I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't see him doing it or posting clips of people doing it or putting over this guy does it the best or nothing. Very true. He does. It's true. Anything. Any like dusty isms are very sparse with him, you know. Like he he doesn't he calls himself the American Nightmare, which is like you know the reverse of that. He and uh uh and and even his he went at I think at Mania got so over when he was doing the punches and the elbow because it he doesn't do that stuff. Yeah, fact, yeah. He more leaned into the shitting on Stardust. You know what I mean? Like that. Like uh. So <laughs> you're right, and he doesn't he doesn't ever like charlotte's walking around going like woo her whole she's a, she's a rick flair impression the robe, everything yeah, yeah. And he shows his dad as like his dad and i think it's smart he's like there's my dad the and he even calls him the american dream he doesn't even say you know like you're right you're right he doesn't ever do it but the so, his lisp is the only like homage to his dad. They have this they and both that's have it. genetic or whatever or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like he has something they both share. Yeah, like are lisps genetic? I actually was curious about. I, well, I yeah, I, I thought about this once a long time ago, and I with Cody and his dad, and I thought, is a lisp genetic, or are you listening to someone talk that's very influential to you when you're a child, and they have a lisp, and you develop it from listening to them? Right, I, like, I, like an accent. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, yeah. say also their accent from like being from they have that that Georgia twang yeah. almost dad from goes, Texas and yeah. yeah or yeah it goes with the lisp and it's something completely different so I think when you do a dusty impression you're doing a a lisp impression but like the way they do it was just because of how they also sound yeah and all right yeah, a southern too. a southern lisp with that affect and the timing and yeah, yeah. I, I could my favorite dusty promo ever is the it's a promo he cut for an old madison square garden house show appearance and it's shot it's just him like in the seats in the empty seats i guess at madison square garden and it's all talking about how much he loves new york city and then he pays it off by saying it's like the only and it was like in the seventies in New York, but he's like it's the only uh, place where you could see a black hand and a white hand, like both of them in the same popcorn bucket, Daddy or Jack. Oh my God, yes, and a, I just love that. Oh. That's like the most beautiful, you know. I did it minus all the dusty isms, but it's so it's true and it's powerful and it speaks to wrestling forever. And that that's an amazing thing to do in a local market promo for a one-off appearance at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. He had that, like, blue-collar elegance, like, that where it's, he says something where you know he's a, a, a real person. 
you know, that, like, well, yeah, he, that's the what the, the working you man, know, he you know? he's uh dined or whatever with kings and queens, and yeah. then he's like under the bridge with pork and beans with bums <laughs> and shit. But think about it in both of those, he learned so much that then in the middle where he resides, he's he's everything, you know what I mean, Kevin. Tell me about your relationship with pro wrestling. Like we, I've never really we we when ma- mainly what we do is normally what we do in this podcast. Me and you. And one time we were on the phone and we marked out so hard, like we were talking about control your narrative. We went into all of it. You know? <laughs> By the way, which you'll appreciate. I was in the I, I I was on a flight with a bunch of the control your narrative guys. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you were in that confrontation room. You should <laughs> do that. You should have went in the confrontation room with a mic and just done your three minutes on them. But anyway, it's is it sad to say I would fit in with those guys? <laughs> uh, <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I kind of like this. <laughs> it's nice here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yo, these guys, I'll tell you something, man. These guys are really cool. And yeah. if you're talking to Aston, Austin Aries, I'm wondering, home, does the mask man. really reduce any uh, anything? Why are doctors <laughs> wearing them? You know what? Why have they been successful in Japan for decades and decades and decades and decades? I don't man, know. What a group. What a group of individuals all under one roof. huh? I mean, talk about. Well, the funny thing I was thinking about them today and I was like, so they're they're. Like, I don't know if this is true, but the branding of them seems to be like we all have aligned politics, but then we fight each other. Right. Like, you know, what I mean? so, you know like, right, right. we've all like, agreed. It's like we all in guidelines to dislike each other. Yeah, Is that the equivalent? If like if 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 it was like Tucker Carlson wrestling, like <laughs> uh, like Bill O'Reilly or whatever, like they wrestle. But then what do they just shake hands and agree and go to vote? Red, as like, long as they don't uh, use the moves, as long as they don't yeah. use the outlawed moves, you can't really be a promotion. Then you're just a gang, right? You're not a professional. Uh-huh. You're not a professional wrestling association if you all ha- are trying to get a message out. Then it's like anyway. Um, <laughs> well, here's the here's my thing, right? So at first, I thought what control your narrative was going to be was going to be like a a, a right wing or a Fox News or a OAN or whatever that thing is called, like a wrestling show for that network, so to speak, or that audience. Yeah. And they would maybe have a wrestler that's like, these masks are bullshit. And like they would actually do what the other companies don't do, which is deal with contemporary events, maybe even deal with controversial events while injecting that, uh, whatever you want to call it, that right wing or super Republican set of values. Oh, that's actually not a bad idea because no one does that. And I'm like, oh man, for content for one of those channels and a way to put propaganda out, if you're into that sort of thing, I'm not saying I'm into their politics or their propaganda, but as a idea, someone just looking at it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then they got, you know, Braun Strowman and EC3 and whatever. But then the more it goes on and then they're like, you know, we have a TV deal, but then their TV deal is pro wrestling dot TV. Which, to be fair, I don't know if that's really considered a TV deal. Just because something has .TV at the end of it. Hey, Ma, I got a TV deal. No way. Who's it with? Uh, uh, Comedy Central or HBO? No, it's with uh, whatever. I'm on TV. TV. Like, yeah, no, right. that's not a TV deal. Right. And I actually, truthfully, to be honest, I don't know much of what they do. I saw, to be fair, I saw one clip of EC3. To be? No, sorry. To be or, or not to be. Uh, that's the question. <laughs> What I'm saying is that uh, uh, 
EC3 was saying something that he was very aggressive though. He was talking about banning three moves. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Topo and I was like, I don't mind that. That sounds like a cool idea. Like, whatever. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. To, I don't. It's it to me as an artist that always feels like a form of like censorship. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so I'm like that, but I get that those moves are overutilized. Probably better for you to just not do them and get correct over your and own make way. it. I don't think it's important enough to be in the first seven sentences of anything or the right. first. My favorite, you know, my favorite part of this whole discussion is this is the recap of you guys marking out in text message. <laughs> well, also to be honest, this was me like, asking what Kevin's relationship is with pro wrestling. Well, that's right. like, yeah. By the way, we had a this is the layers of it. Then I said we had a conversation where we talk, talked about controlling your narrative, and now we're doing that combo again. Uh, well, let me let me say this about I'll, just to summarize: control your narrative. In other yeah. words, I think their potential appeal to be this weird product that we discussed that I did not personally approve of, but I think it could actually work and find a television home is kind of a republican leaning or whatever the right verbiage is uh wrestling product believe it or not you know for that audience that's out there and you know you'll never go broke underestimating or targeting some of the dumbest people in america in some of the lowest educated states with that said what they are actually doing seemingly of like running trying to run independent wrestling events uh as an indie company like i don't know like i don't know uh, it depends I don't know how well they're going to do with that, to be honest. And uh, Braun Strowman was wildly popular in WWE. It seems like he's cooled off quite a bit, but obviously he could, you know, you never know what, what he's going to do and deliver and how he's going to draw. But it seems like if you just have a little squad of guys, uh, I don't know that that squad is going to be like drawing 2,500, 1,500, a thousand people to events multiple times a week. It's kind of, it's hard for me to foresee that myself at this time but i don't want to give them advice i don't want to give them advice (laughs) if they uh if they followed the format that enjoy wrestle does where they do one event a month and they record it and then it's live people could come and attend it live and then drop like spread it out slice it up the time to edit and produce it throw in like crazy fucking things and topics and you can make it relevant that's the only way that works. And people are just going to stop showing up because it's really not going to be all that entertaining. And I, yeah. I don't I have no desire to see anybody in that company wrestle. Like there's so. a ta- a giant taco festival in San Jose, California, like an hour away from me. And uh, it's at the arena, like the Shark Tank where the San Jose Sharks play. And as an added attraction to the taco festival, they've added on a wrestling show. And it's not branded as a control your narrative event last I saw, but it is the... It's basically, I guess it's EC3 versus Braun Strowman or or Austin Aries versus Braun Strowman. Some combination of that right. is like an added attraction included with admission at the Taco Festival. And granted, that's hey, if they're paying those guys guarantees or whatever, that's a great deal for the talent. Um, but yeah, like it just doesn't seem like. I don't know. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, let's Taco not let Festival, control your narrative control our narrative. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So to answer your question. <laughs> I became a wrestler. I grew up in the wrestling city of uh, New York City in Queens specifically. Let's go. What and part? I came uh Whitestone, Queens, to be super oh, yeah. micro You're like specific. Fucking, yeah. You're an East uh, New York guy who came to Cali. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I lived in Bayside for a short stint. Really? Yeah. I, I have uh, my better half uh, is from Bayside, and we uh, we, we are we have Bayside on our horizon uh, Look, in this wow. in this calendar year. Okay. We were trying to make our dramatic return. Finally, oh, I will return. Move back. 
yeah, like just to deal with some family stuff and whatever, it seems easier to be there than to be here and or be half here and half there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it seems insane for anyone to move to New York, but <laughs> no, I got definitely the opposite that. direction. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, everyone's going opposite. But um, so yeah. growing up there, like I got to, you know, growing up in a town where, you know, they would sell out or at least run Madison Square Garden every month. And there'd be a wrestling column in the newspaper and you see the wrestling results in the newspaper. And every time you go to the newsstand, you know, there'd be like a dozen or more wrestling magazines with bloody faces on the cover and all that shit. So you would just be aware of stuff, you know what I mean? Without even watching it. Like it was a thing, like you knew of it. And then when you finally, I finally started watching it and then going to live events and stuff like that. Yeah. I just became like a a super fan, like, like everybody else. And then like in the, in the early nineties, I just got tired of, you know, it was got into those dark days of wrestling and I still casually enjoyed it but i was no longer like a religious so to speak viewer of all the events and everything like that you weren't a that you weren't a big doing the clown guy none of that shit uh in hindsight some of it is funny funny to me now yeah but compared to what i came up on and then i got once i came up on stuff like you know roddy piper and randy savage and all that shit um then i got to discover stuff like the uwf uh out of uh you know, Bill Watts, UWF with Jim Ross calling it um, and all this regional pro wrestling around the country and getting to see all this, you know, wrestling and it, it, which includes bloody wrestling and technical wrestling and high flying wrestling. I can give a fuck about a garbage man and a, a repo man. And I mean, oh, we have I think, dude, you had a big boss man, a fucking repo man. Uh, how many fucking what low Macho rent man. fucking creative? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how about you, pal? You know yeah. what I mean? Uh so all that stuff to me was like, this is trash, you know? So I got even more as a kid, you know, I'll just say, just, just to point out, like, even as a kid, cause I, like, I, I never, the, I, I never took to any of those wrestlers that were just based on, on professions, you know? Yeah. What the like, fuck I, is I, that? I, I, I never, like my favorite wrestlers, well, I mean, my number one favorite wrestler of all time, you know, I have no control of it. Is also the dumpster Drozzy is dude. Oh. Yeah. Is that I love. <laughs> How come he's Brooklyn, not something man? Brawler. Yeah, how come Brawler isn't the fighting man or whatever? Why did they break the man? Well, it's funny because it's like I also loved Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like, yeah, he's fucking old because he's a smash mouth tough fucking guy. Yeah, like I liked a lot of wrestlers that were like, but he, he had like the, I was really into the two by four. Like as a kid, I was like, oh, he carries a two by four. I was like, that's really cool. But that's not a job. That wasn't a job. <laughs> right, right, correct. Yeah. Correct. He was from Glens Falls, New York. That's it. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. He said, oh. Well, but I never took to a wrestler who was like a garbage man or whatever. You know, I mean, never, you know, it didn't even work. I don't for think me I've ever stopped to think about the two by four. Like, like why? Bro, I, I'll show you the two by four to hit people with. It just is so crazy. Like in, the I'd love when he would lore. throw it. When he would throw it like 150 feet up in the air and then catch it. That sure was I dope too. I might and have risky. a picture of Duggan holding holding the two by four. I 100. They're like right here. I love so that funny. to this day when Jim Duggan appears at comic conventions and stuff, the local promoters will go to Home Depot or whatever and get 75 two by fours cut. And then they're there selling boards for him to sign and people fucking sell them out every time. Like, cause you're there at the Incredible. table and you're like, Oh my God, it's a two by four. And it's pretty reasonably priced. Cause like, what the yeah. fuck does a two by four cost? And now you just have a signed block of wood. Well, this was, this was in 91. Oh my God. This was I took this picture with a camera in ninety one 
in Nassau, Nassau Coliseum. Oh, no, wow. Nassau Coliseum because yeah, yeah, I was yeah. a Long Island kid. That was Dugan. He came out with uh, he came out with the American flag. The flag. The flag connected to the two by four. Yeah, and he had the flag on the two by four. Yeah. Wow, you were way closer. Snake. Tulo had a lot more money than me. You could tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, last row. I'm gonna tell you what it was, and we had a guy at the Coliseum. Oh, he was the really. Usher. He was the head usher, and his son played baseball with my brother and my dad was the coach. So anytime we went to shows at the Coliseum, Hey, is so-and-so so work? They'd be like, Oh, hold on one second. Yeah. Wow. My mom and I, we would go to wrestling shows. The best one ever was they did like Disney on ice. And we're like, Hey, is it? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, hold on. He brought us down. He took two folding chairs with him and he opened them up and we were sitting in like the fucking penalty box of the, ah. <laughs> of the Disney on ice. So anytime we had these fucking, but yeah, I had amazing pictures too. I don't think I have one of Duggan. I got warrior though. Wow. Yo, I remember a uh, one show. Look I did that. attend warrior. See that? I took wow. This warrior in the tombstone. Damn. That's nice and clear too. Yeah. Because what? my dad's a photographer. So I think he was helping me, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, what were, what were you saying, one yeah. match that I randomly went to because uh, sometimes even in those dark days of wrestling, I would like one time me and my girl walked past Madison Square Garden and it was just up on the marquee wrestling. And, you know, what does it say on the marquee wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, like there's a WWF or WWE show tonight. Oh, let's go. And then you just go in and you're like, oh, do you, are there any tickets available? And they'd be like, oh, we have second row or whatever. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> So then we went to it and it was uh, it was fun, but it was one of those shows that Ultimate Warrior made his surprise return for the fifth time or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was still great just hearing the you know that dun, 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 and the whole building loses their shit. You know, uh, that was a good a good memory. It's funny how that works, like how Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Bro, I got I got all this stuff on cue. Whatever you got, I got it on cue. <laughs> uh, probably not. I'm not I was going to say, like, Ultimate Warrior, who in hindsight, you know, he's not a good wrestler. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a good person for at least a good portion of his life. Maybe by the <laughs> end he was. Yeah. But uh, that's all stuff we know now. Like, at the time, like, yeah, dude, he, I loved him from when uh, it was. He used to be billed from Queens, New York. The Dingo Warrior. Yeah, the Dingo Warrior. And I'm a kid. Or- I'm a kid watching world class championship wrestling. So right away, I'm like, did they say from Queens? And then it's this guy with face paint on, and he's just looks like someone inflated yeah. him with an air hose. <laughs> but then he's the dingo warrior. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and then I'm trying to understand what is the connection with dingo and Queens? And I always was fascinated. Like, is he even from Queens? Why would that be where he was from? No, I, I have no idea. I also and if your I, name is Hellwig, don't don't you want to run with that? That's a crazy fucking name. He, I didn't even see any of the stuff where he tagged with Sting. You know, oh, as the uh, the Blade Runners. See, I didn't know shit about that. Like growing up, I and I, like I didn't even really learn about that till I saw an interview with Sting where he was talking about how jealous he was of of Warrior main eventing WrestleMania. You know, really? Yeah, there's a clip of him just being like it, like killed him. You know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Sting's technically the better wrestler. And Sting you know? was just like, uh, and he's like, this. I watched this guy. Prob- he probably was like, I watched this guy like wrong himself to the top, right? Like being an asshole, like uh, you know, <laughs> b- like bad behavior rewarded. And he's like, Sting's like this like good Christian man who is like more technically sound, not in better shape, but at least probably more naturally in good shape, and pretty famous <laughs> for showing up. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't that. name one public sting contract dispute. I know, but you know what's so it's just it's bad behavior is just rewarded in life. Amen. I, Failing you know I mean? up. Yeah, failing up is the term I was looking for. I don't know what I said before, but uh, and 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 uh, wrestling ha- is the best example of that. I think it teaches me such a lesson. But there's times where I'm like, man, if I can just act like an asshole here, maybe it'll benefit me. But then I I can't do it because I'm just not inherently. Yeah, like I, I'm not inher- I might be an asshole. I'm not like saying oh, I'm so great, but I'm saying I'm not an asshole like those guys who have no regard for anything. You know. I've had things happen on commentary uh, where the other commentator is about to step on something so colossally that it would make the show a little bit worse if it happened, but it would make them look like horrible shit and it wouldn't make me look bad at all. But I would, I always am like, Oh shit, let me stop this person from doing this because to protect the show where a lot of people I think would be like, Oh, let this person fuck this up colossally and then hey that's one less person gunning for my job or yeah this and this and that but i'm just like ah i don't want to you know what i mean it's one thing if something just happens and i don't know about it that's one thing but to literally have that knowledge and then be like it's like spider-man you know what i mean when he let the when peter parker let that criminal run by after his wrestling match yeah, great you power <laughs> comes great response of fucking great ability but that's also yeah i mean that is that is that is one of those iconic moments, right? Where he's like, what the fuck? I gained nothing from helping this guy. And this guy was an asshole to me. So why would I help him out? And then you're punished for. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For, you're and punished you for, was, for just for balancing the scales go, of justice. Yeah. He didn't go the extra yard to stop a crime, but he did nothing wrong. Isn't you know that, what I mean? And that's the he's big, a humble one of the boys. He's a worker. You know what I mean? I You just brought something that's so great. And I do. I want to focus on this because it's storytelling, right? Like, it's what's missing from a lot of professional wrestling now, you know. It is, that extra layer is what makes Spider-Man so uh, viable, right? Is because yeah. you understand him, right? There's a reason you can, you understand, like, where he's coming from. It's the same as Batman, where you're like, his parents died because he couldn't stop that crime. But Spider-Man's even better because he's not a kid, right? So when Yeah, and Spider-Man's you- a regular person. Like, Spider-Man isn't, oh, I grew up a zillionaire, but then my parents were murdered after a theatrical event like that's not normal either like spider-man that what happened to uncle ben of course a tragedy yeah but uh regardless <laughs> spider-man's like a normal person but the fact that he could have stopped it it's gonna be like when it's the same thing as like when i have an audition that i want to skip or something this is so much less lower stakes <laughs> but it's realer and you're like that's the one i might book right like that's Correct. the big one i might book and you're like yep. well it's like every crime he doesn't he doesn't attend to is the one that affects his life right it's yeah. like the one that is the one that leads to the whole city coming down. It's the one that leads to uh, 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 an atrocity happening that that sets off a, a chain of events. And that- the thing, the thing about it that I've never thought about before that you brought up there was the idea that uh, he didn't stop the crime, but he didn't stop the crime to help the promoter that tried to fuck him over. Like that—that's like a double For or both triple off. whammy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I, I, he said you have to last three minutes with Bolts on. And right? he did. Like, he you, lasted three minutes. He's like, you knocked him out after sixty seconds. So like, he prorates it. I think that's what no, he does. That's, right? that's fucked up, man. Spider Man <laughs> earned that money, and that promoter is fucking over the boys. We can't have that yeah. shit. Crazy how <laughs> Macho Man ties to this. What we we're just talking about, red. Yep. But like, mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling, I think GCW tells some. Like we talk about, they tell some awesome. I was story. just about to yeah. interrupt in and and transition the, the conversation that way into saying that like I think from being a fan of GCW and watching it 
like over the time, but now more thoroughly enjoying being a fan, going to shows. I just watched the, the entire weekend from uh, California, which was just like, God damn. I mean, talk about keeping the momentum going after the collective. You had a culmination of every single show that happened there come together, just continue on in L.A. And I, I think what GCW doing is is so unique because you guys are just like you're not telling it weekly on TV. You're you're there's dedicated events and dedicated places with dedicated titles. And in in between all of it are these little stories that are happening. But a lot of it has to revolve around the wrestling aspect of it. Like you kick my ass. Uh, you know, I'm not going to let you get away with that kind of thing. And I think the best one going right now, and I was just absolutely, I mean, if y'all keep doing this kind of shit was this Effie and Jeff Jarrett promo that you guys put out, which is like, man, talk about perfection. Uh, they're making, that's becoming a must watch match more and more by the day. And it then shows up on TV and you see Effie starting the show off. You know he's saying he's going to call out Jeff Jarrett, and obviously he's not there, but wrestles this young, up-and-coming star. And finally like, he gets to wrestle someone under 50. Yeah, right? <laughs> and it's and it's just like – and it's perfect storytelling. And then Effie cuts a promo after, and it's just like – but like it, I think that's the beauty of it. There's all this talent from so many different places coming into GCW, and when they're not wrestling there, when they come back, it just picks up right – it, like the story's still going in some kind of way, but and yeah, it's, it's but really, yeah, yeah, no, uh, well, too low. I was commenting. It's, it's just saying. really I, unique, I and 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 just and it's. I think it's pretty dope that like you get to announce all that. Well, it's <laughs> you know? part like, of GCW, like because because you do. I don't know how the creatives run in GCW, but is that part of what GCW strategy is? Is mm. to have uh, hook people more with stories? Because I always complain about indie wrestling. I've said this before. My complaint is that it's always like. Oh, these are two great talents. They wrestle, then they shake hands. Like, right? that's, that's like Ring of Honor kind of thing. And yeah. and and it always makes me uninterested because it's not that I'm uninterested. It's just like how many it ends up being like I've seen that a million times. Yeah, two great workers work. You I, know, I would ban the handshake after the match before I would ban a tope suicida, a super kick, or yeah. a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, agree. So in terms of like this, like it, that's a great call, is because it's pro wrestling. I think. I always say this. You, you, I guess the performer in me is like the amount of times where something – I think of the uh, MMA fighter Chael Sonnen, you know, who when he – he basically talked his way into a fight with Anderson Silva. Do you remember that? And, mm -hmm. like, he, he, he won this match, and then they, Joe Rogan puts the mic in his face, and he doesn't do any shit that's like – he doesn't go like, thank you for this opportunity, anything, and he goes – he, they, the mic goes first words out of his mouth is Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. After he beat another guy, he doesn't even mention the guy who's laying on the ground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Angle. And you're like, that happens in indie wrestling almost like never. It's like it's all like we had a great bout and there's a lot of respect. And I want to remove some of the respect, put the respect in the back. You know what right. I mean? Right. Amen. Yeah. That's put GCW. the respect on the name. Put the respect in the back. Anywhere but but the endless in-ring uh, handshake. I agree with that shit for sure. And what I think the difference between GCW and a lot of companies or some companies is, like you, the way you guys were describing the way the, the stories play out, and they play out at these premium live events, if you will, or as they're called, pay-per-views. 
Um, these pay-per-views on fight, everything plays out. That's the product. You know what I mean? That it, it's uh, so many people I think like are obsessed. Hey, oh, if you have a deal with TNT or the USA network or any of those channels, by all means, you're getting paid tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars, collect that money and do your television storylines. If you're not getting paid actual money to air, I mean, money, money to be on TV, you you don't get the benefit of AEW and WWE right. get the benefit yeah. of being on television. Right. And there's other companies that just have the um, the burden of being on television, meaning they can't just run a kick ass live event because it's like, what about the television? But it's like, what about the fucking live event where right. the people pay money? What if what if you gave them an incredible live event and then you and that's the show the, right. or whatever, or you cut that up and make it into something else for other purposes. That's fine. But I think so many people get hamstrung by either the uh, the burden of a very small micro television arrangement or even just caught up in that mind state of like this, this story rather than deliver kick ass fucking events and tell the stories through those to the best of your ability. Yeah. I, I think so, CCW proves it makes so much more sense. Why? Like, I'll put it to you this way. It's like, why is Matt Cardona the best independent wrestler? <laughs> that, right. Well, that's something wrong with independent. It's, it's something wrong with independent wrestling that I don't think is that hard of a fix either because there's so much great talent out there. Sure. It's like, why? The stuff and, he does well, though, the stuff he does well are things that a lot of other people don't do. And you'll yeah. notice some of the people that Matt Cardona right. rubs up against, so to speak, the Effies, the Nick Gages, uh, uh, even uh, Chris Dickinson, they have their own full brand already, yeah. all of those people, and Cardona does too. But, you, you know, so many people in wrestling don't go all the way the way Cardona does. They don't bet on themselves. They don't commit to it. Cardona, love him or hate him, he does his shtick, or his shtick is him, however you want to look at it. It's 24 hours a day. It's 360. Yeah. And and that's good business in a way. And he's created his own platform. So like he's his own platform with uh, his podcast and his video streams and the doll collecting shit, the, the doll washing. And they, they apparently they these guys get together and they bathe with the dolls. But we'll talk about that another time. But the, the point is, though, he's his own platform, too. So when you're uh, NWA, when you're Impact, when you're any any independent having him on your show, you get this signal boost, so to speak. And, you you know, sometimes these doll people come out, you know, they want to buy stuff or uh, be involved in live events and, and Cardona delivers. So I, I, part of it, I think it's just, it's the brand and the perception. And every day he puts, he increases his own perception and his own brand, like literally with each passing day. I think what GCW does better than pretty much any of the companies is the in-ring storytelling that, Thank on. you. Yes. I think that makes your job a lot easier too, is because it's easy to pick up on. Like it's very, very simple. Like, I mean, I'm watching Effie and Ali Catch wrestle the night after they went to war with the Briscoes, and they're both wrestling two up and coming superstars. Like, this makes sense. It's like all of it, it just makes a lot of sense. And the stories that are being told in the ring are just so easy to follow. Like, if if you watched Effie and Suzuki and Going into that match, knowing how much criticism there was of that match, <laughs> but and criticism there, from who? <laughs> right. Well, what I'm saying is, is no, like if uh, you know, like there's that criticism uh, going sure. in, and then you are in the building watching that go down. You're witnessing magic, like yeah. legit 
in-ring storytelling magic. This is a 53-year-old murder grandpa versus, uh, you know, the 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 greatest gay man in the world. 35-year-old like, murder yeah, like, gay uncle. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> <of> uncle. <laughs> and Effie does his thing. Suzuki does his Effie's thing, great. and it's it's like a love story in this like beautiful. It's fabulous. Yeah, but Tulo, your war. point is to speak to Kevin's point, which is the it, and I know this as a primarily live performer. The focus yeah. is on the live show and the people in the house. It's a yeah. big problem with you. It goes macro. It's a societal problem. Is that back in the day you cared about being the coolest guy in your neighborhood? Now you're trying to be the coolest guy in the world on social media. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like it's it, 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 these, these, so it's, it all kind of speaks to all that, right? Where it is now, the 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 it's about the people who bought a ticket. That seems to be gone. You know, I I know that for me, like Vegas, when we did the Vegas show for Cow, uh, you know, my focus is on the people there. You know, and everyone was like, "Are you streaming it? Are you doing all this? Are you doing that?" And I was like, my brain doesn't even go there. I'm like, oh no, that's uh, why I'm here, right? I'm like not at all, because I'm. I mean, it's a flaw of mine as well. But also is that I like to connect with people. You know, that's why this pandemic was really hard on only me. Okay. And not uh, everybody right, of course. Else. No, no, no. But think that's about it, though. But by just making a kick-ass event, if you yes. make an event that rocks 788 people in yes. Las Vegas or whatever, and you record it, the tape of 800 people being rocked translates exponentially totally to insane. audiences of one and more watching at home or whatever. And uh, same as cow, same as GCW. But if you imagine if the, the comedians of wrestling uh, and or Dolph Ziggler and friends events, imagine if instead of just letting that hour to 90 minutes to two hours flow with the fun and the vibes that it does. Imagine if every 90 seconds you guys were stopping to be like, all right, uh, we got our next segment. Hold on. We got to roll this commercial. We'll stop the action. Fuck. Like we would just be become, yeah, the show would be so fucking flat and stale that on tape, it would, even when you cut it together, it would just look like shit because the audience is completely taken out of the moment. You know what I mean? I think so, what I notice about GCW, and it's it's kind of dope because I've had, like, knowing you and then also knowing a lot of people there, a lot of the wrestlers now, too, I kind of get, like, an inside look at it. And I think it's really funny because we joke about it, but, like, Jimmy Lloyd was at our cow event, and he was just there. Yeah, I don't think he said a single fucking word. We were feeding him Trulies. And yeah. I listened to Effie's podcast and I listened to Oh, wait, wait, to before. Cow. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, are you talking ahead. about uh, Jimmy Lloyd being at this year's Cow event or Le or the Las Vegas La one? La La the Las Vegas one. What I, if I could just add one quick yeah. note to that story. What I love about that is, yes, Jimmy was there. Jimmy did not speak to anyone there. Again, I mean, yeah. he might have said a word to me, but none of the people whose event it was. Yeah. And then at the end of the night, I forget who it was. Someone said, let's everyone in the show, let's take a group yeah. picture. Yeah. And this big cast of like 15 people or whatever, we all get in the picture. Yeah. I'm standing there being like, man, this is so cool. Like uh, Dolph Ziggler and the comedians of wrestling. What a moment. I get the picture back and there's two immediate things. One, I'm the, I'm trying to be considerate. And I was wearing a mask backstage. I'm the only idiot in the group photo wearing a mask. So like I'm barely in the photo as it is. But then two, Jimmy Lloyd, who did nothing, who said nothing, he's also in the photo. Just his you know head. what I mean? <laughs> in, like, the most Jimmy Lloyd face of all yeah. time. Just dead like, stare. He doesn't want to be he's there. He's looking yeah, into like... the camera and be like, what the fuck do you want? Oh, say something, motherfucker. Jimmy, like, what's going on, Cash? What's <laughs> up? So my point about Jimmy Lloyd is, is I, I, listened, to F, I listened to Effie's <laughs> podcast. 
Yeah. And uh, and he talks about what a great person Jimmy is and the mind that Jimmy has for professional wrestling and how you yes. see it. So what I'm what I realized that exists in GCW <laughs> and I would imagine is how it is is that there are an insane amount of talented minds in GCW and they're all under one roof. And I feel like Brett is kind of like almost like the puppet master. He just lets the things happen and then kind of throws it into place and figures out how to book it all and, and build it all. And I, I don't, I, I don't think that's, I mean, you could, you probably, that's what people think happened in AEW, but I don't think that's the case, but in GCW, you have all these insanely talented people like just running the show and it it's i mean i heard xbox say he would take a bullet for everybody in the back i mean this is a guy yeah okay that was in the nwo and dx all right this guy might take a bullet so and i kind of get those those vibes like from everybody there like everybody's here to fucking lift each other up and i i think it's kind of cool to see young cats like nick wayne come along and just stack l's but wrestle all the best wrestlers in the like all the, the main people so like right he's so and get, over get and decades he's not winning of experience right get it's, decades of experience in a super condensed time frame and that's on top of the world-class training he got from his dad you know his dad buddy wayne also trained so darby allen uh but on the and but on the flip side he did train brian alvarez uh, from the wrestling observer so you know and, yeah you know, uh, buddy wayne giveth buddy wayne taketh away it's so dope to see now guys like Cardona and Moxley and other wrestlers want to get involved in GCW now. And I think people know that that's how you can get over. And I love the core that says, well, you're not just going to come in here and just get our, get our phone it in our, yeah. our get our heat. Like we're, we fucking do shit the right way around here. And the, the, the diversity, the exclusivity, like, I mean, I know a ton of, people who like fans that all it takes now is just to go to one GCW show and you're pretty much hooked. Like women, like children, like it's, a, uh, it's, I would say it's come definitely come a long way. I think earlier times when I was gone to GCW shows, I wasn't all that thrilled about them, but now it's like, I, you can go to GCW show and you're right there. Like I got a fucking Moxley's three inches away from me, man. Like, <laughs> you don't get that anywhere else. Right, well, and yeah, the past. it's crazy because I mean, like, as a I came up in in LA and watching the PWG show, my friends are not talking about PWG here. They're talking about when GCW is in town, you know, right yeah. at the Ukrainian Cultural Center, right, <laughs> literally yep. down the street from me. It's crazy, uh, uh, and you know, like that's a, that's no, that's a big fucking deal, you know, that this company and seeing like like you said the way people like I used to be blown away how uh, you know when I would go to Gorilla, you know, it would always be sold out and it would be. You'd have to like finagle to get a ticket at a certain time. And then there'd be all these celebrities there. Like I went to Gorilla one time and me and my girl went and literally seated directly in front of us was Mike Patton and uh, Adam Jones, the guitar player from Tool. And they're just <laughs> sitting yeah. directly. It's Mike Patton from fucking Faith No More and Mr. Bungle and all that shit. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, and, you know, I've already met like the uh, all the sorry, I can't think of their name now. The MMA girls that all went to WWE, like they would always be a gorilla. And like I oh, met like, them. Uh, and they... Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, like all that. Yeah, they were all mad cool. And I love that celebrities would come. And to me, that was the bleeding edge of wrestling. And people respected the art of it. And it became just a hot ticket. Like you want, you got to see this show. 
you know, well, to pull it all together too. That's kind of like your backstage is kind of like our backstage in the green room, right? Yeah. I think we're just all there. We are there to have a good time. We're there to make the show better. We're all, it's really, really great vibes back there because we're all just like kind of lifting each other up and figuring out the way to make the show go the best, you know, like, like no matter how much fucked up shit goes on <laughs> intentional or not intentional, but it's just right. Like, and then you so get also shit like shit, like a flight. Like we had a show on Sunday and like uh, bandito uh, bandito didn't get on his flight. Yeah. yeah. And Biff Busick had flight issues and Jacob Fatu had flight issues. And then like, there was all these headlines, like GCW show plagued by travel issues. And that's, I mean, appreciate the headlines, any, you know, put out the word on gcw but baby he's heat but to me it's so weird like the idea that it's so notable as news well i guess it's a two-edged sword or whatever that on one hand it's so notable as news that an independent show had uh some travel logistics with a, um, a few of the performers that it became news or is it that gcw was so newsworthy that even a minor incidence that occurs on independent wrestling shows around the country on a weekly basis gets clicked so it becomes a story you know what i mean and i don't know the answer to that but it's just interesting i would say you guys are just in such a fortunate position because i think one of the best matches i saw the whole entire weekend at the collective was jordan oliver versus fucking speedball mike and that happened because pco was out and i think that what that shows is like just how sick gcw's roster is is that that match wasn't even planned and it went off and it was fucking insane. Like I, Effie and F one thing uh, to build on yeah, that go. too. Um, Effie told this to me uh, after the show was that after the show on Sunday, both Effie's matches uh, the one on Saturday and the one on Sunday, the matches did not exist in any form an hour before the matches started. And by that, I mean, when they wrestled the Briscoes the other night, the, in LA, the Briscoes didn't show up until because of flight issues. Yeah. The Briscoes didn't show up until like minutes before the match, like, you know, handful of minutes before the match started. Mm-hmm. So there, there was no, 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 no ideas, no anything an hour before it started. It's crazy. And the, I love and then that. The Nick no, Wayne bro, that, match. That match was so my life. Sick. I love that shit. I love it. And the idea that what was going to happen with Nick Wayne and all that, that all was decided about 30 minutes before uh, the match. So, in both those cases, Effie and his uh, opponents, partners, uh, etc., all made magic. You know what I mean? With no out of nothing and with no time and with not what they planned to do and with who and all that. It's that's really what I connect with the, with the art form. It's same as like what we we do in improv. And Kevin, you got to come to one of my improv shows down in L.A. Next oh time, fuck yeah! You know, and uh, if I may, we yeah. talked about background. If I may blow your mind, sir, you yeah. may not realize. There is not just one graduate of the Upright Citizens Brigade improv uh, training in theater yeah. on this uh, Zoom call right now. Oh, there too actually... I didn't know you were training. I didn't know you were training. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Kevin, you took classes and shit? KG uh, took classes at the UCB Theater in this New York City. makes way too much sense Oh, now. shit. When? When? Like, when I oh, was... Back, you know, back, this is back when I worked uh, at Rockstar Games. So this is like... Uh, in the very late 90s, like 99, maybe even two, oh, uh, it could wow. have been 2000 or 2001. At like 22nd Street when they were in like the 22nd Street there? I believe it was that. I believe yeah, yeah. it was that one. Yeah. Wow. Cause I didn't show up till 07. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I, and I was at the, they were already at 26 and 8th in the Chelsea basement. Um, okay. Yeah. I was not in the basement of the Griseldis or whatever you said. Gristides. Yeah. Did you, Gristides. Uh, did you train with any people who went on to be like, 
big improviser. I have to look at my uh, my my materials again, but I'm pretty sure Matt Walsh was one of my teachers. We had yeah. like two. I believe Matt Walsh was one. Matt Walsh is the commissioner of Cow. I don't know if you know that. Really? The, the commissioner yeah. of the Cow title belt is Matt uh-huh. Walsh. He that I didn't one know. who put yeah, well, you know, he 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 put Shibiro, he made Shibiro defend the title at, in Vegas. Uh, there's Even a video. Check out my Instagram. To. He didn't want yeah. to. It's supposed to be me versus Tulo as a number one contender match, and then and then Walsh he wasn't having it, and he put out an ultimatum. Wow. We used to do the cow. We used to do man, the pod before you were around. You know, this interesting thing is like, and 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 I, and like it speaks to what you're saying about GCW, like throwing stuff together. It's like we cow. Uh, uh, UCB started a podcast studio when they bought the building on Sunset. And they had a podcast studio and a podcast employee who was a a, a Nosh and this guy Ziggler, not not Dolph, Ziggler. not this guy Cody yeah. Ziggler, and uh, and they were Ziggler. like, Dan, you uh, you want to bring your podcast in here? Because I was doing it myself, and and then they just gave me the studio and just let me like just do whatever the fuck I want. I was like, so then I would just think, like, Yo, Walsh, you want to come in? And I'm like, All right, Walsh, you're the commissioner, you know, you're the right. guy. And I spray painted that title on the back of UCV, like that's where I did it wow. in the back there, and I would have matches. One thing in the Del Close Marathon is I def- I wrestled Iffy. My buddy Iffy, like I had a, a wrestling match, like, and then there's an improv marathon, and then literally I'll send you the link to it. But we just By did the a way, wrestling. All match. this you can see on our YouTube page. Uh, yeah, it's this is going to be a bonus episode for the patrons, and they probably already seen all of it. But yeah. KG, you should check out. A, you can go through the. There's like an actual cow title like yeah. category. And you can go through the history of it, and it's it's really delightful to watch. Yeah, for sure. Well, but that's the thing is that like, so it's like, I tell awesome stories with the cow title, you know, in the limited capacity we have. I'm not like, I'm going into business for myself, you know, but I feel like in wrestling, when I see, I, I look at guys who are so talented at wrestling and I'm like, but they don't put any focus on the storytelling. Like look at a guy like a ricochet, right? Who is like as talented as it gets when it comes to professional wrestling is truly a dud of a pro wrestler in, in reality. Like it sounds shitty to say, you know, and he's moving the needle so much less than people who have so much less talent than he is because he's never chosen for a single second to focus on storytelling and character, you know? Sure. I mean, am I picking on him? So I, I, well, I, I am. His, his ring work. I mean, I was such a his work in Gorilla and in Lucha Underground and everywhere he went was just so great. Like the Prince Puma shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could see in a way where. Granted, it's it's an important statement of why you need to be well rounded as a performer. Well, I talked about but how great I am, by the way. So I great sure. I am, and, then, and then I should have Rick. He's a pro <laughs> wrestler. He's not. He's a not a sports superstar. entertainer. Yeah, right. he's not a sports entertainer. He needs to be wrestling Nick Wayne's the fucking oh my top God. guys. He needs to be in an in an environment that caters to hit how he wrestles. I think what's unique about GCW too is that you can get those kind of wrestlers against guys like Effie and against guys like Chris Dickinson and it's completely different styles, but they're still able to tell a story. You know, that Big doesn't time. exist in WWE. They're trying to tell a completely different story. Well, Can you imagine like, Joey, Joey Janela what? versus Ricochet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no, the uh, match Grim would be, uh, versus well, let me be clear. The match would be a 10 out of 10. Like oh, fuck don't yeah. even get me right. Ricochet. No one blew my mind more than Ricochet, but I cannot believe the uh, how little I give a shit about Ricochet. Yeah, well, in, in WWE, but that's, that's partially his. I don't fault. blame Ricochet. I don't, but barely. His, I mean, a he's switch. the IC. Oh man, but he is the IC. I know Kevin, but he's the IC champ. Like I'm saying, like he has the social IC media champ, at his disposal. The, the he could do champ, something. The IC champ yeah. in a time when the IC belt doesn't even merit a match on WrestleMania, right? 
Correct. over two no. nights. Well, he no. but yeah, but he had defended answer. it on the he would in on the <laughs> WrestleMania SmackDown on WrestleMania SmackDown. You see oh. WrestleMania SmackDown, <laughs> so not WrestleMania Raw or WrestleMania Yo, Backlash. I totally am a like I am I am an understanding of booking. You know what I mean? Sure. But I listen. Oh, man, whatever. This be a whole <laughs> I'll, 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 here, I'll, let me ask KG a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KG, and to speak on like a topic. Now, I think I wish Newman was here to kind of talk on it, but I, he talked I, after hit calling the match with you uh, in Vegas. Newman was like, "God damn, like KG is such a professional." He's like, "I've never called a match before, Dude, but so I never talented. felt." I was like, "I never, I never felt so at home, like and understanding what I was supposed to do, like." He was about to say something. He put his shoulder, his hand on my shoulder and tell me to stop. And I think it's just so awesome to have you involved. And now knowing that you have this improv background, I feel like <laughs> what we do is so like right even more up your alley and why it's all so great. Like we handed you the script of the match like right before we went on too. So you only had really footnotes and what, what was going to happen. You kind of sure. Knew, but like, but like I think having that improv background meshed with, Newman so well mess mesh with the vibe of the show and that's why we love having you involved so much but like I think Kevin's that, the best commentator I've seen like in, in recent history and, like and I, it's so cool it's like and I'm not shocked that you have that improv background you know I, I think all. that's what Tulo's saying like it makes that doesn't so surprise me at all <laughs> because of how much you were able to roll with that match and everybody after Vegas was like who was that guy because you know a lot of them are not marks you know they don't know right. wrestling the way we do and how you made it all like come alive and you know I remember a small made moment it, where I you're like you... is the fix in I remember that you were like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. on the turn it was moments where I'm like I'm like <laughs> on stage you're like wow you're fucking perfectly highlighting what we're doing you know yeah wow. gcw's so lucky remember... to have you bro oh man i hope they know tell it. that to tag tweet brett lauderdale <laughs> yeah. um what was i gonna say though the um... oh, brett's also looking to have dz and friends okay of course oh he's great well, wait, what was man. i gonna say about that uh oh i just remember uh knowing that like a basic layout of the match and i don't know if it was you or nick who told me but someone just said like make it feel important or like we want it to feel important. It was just some me. I said it. Cause it's like, I always say that to everybody. Cause I say like, I know what we do is goofy, but it's important for it to feel serious and important. You know, it's like, there's goof, but the title matters a lot. And to be honest, I was going to make a post about this. It really does. It is a true, like, you know, the MacGuffin of it all, right. It's all like the Tesseract or whatever. It's like, that, that that title means a lot to us, you know. It's like this piece of plastic that, like, when I every time I'm holding it, I it, you feel something. Mm-hmm. And like that's also a thing about pro wrestling. People don't understand. But you're, I do have a question for you. Do a Tulo's thing. Is like because it's like how do you when you prepare for to to like uh, commentate? How much do they tell you about a match? And you tell me what you want to where you can go. Yeah. How much do you know before to prepare, and how much is just rolling with it? And then what do you prefer? Do you prefer to roll with it? Do you prefer to know? Sure. Well, um, I mean, Brett is a master of hiding stuff, uh, meaning like when Matt Cardona debuted or when uh, Ricky Shane Page debuted or uh, Matt Cardona, I knew was coming. And uh, that was one where low key, like I did, I actually met him before the show, yeah, uh, which normally doesn't happen. And normally I wouldn't even admit to that. But uh, but literally every other surprise we've ever had including Jeff Jarrett, it would just be 
in the moment I, I find there's, I remember when John Wayne Murdoch attacked uh, Alex Cologne, I had to wait like, and I'm watching the fucking monitor as the person fully reveals themselves because I need to actually see who it is so I can say who it is. So I'm not (laughs) stalling or pretending or that's so sick. I fucking love that. Dan is it's Brett reminds me a lot of Dan because Dan keeps everything about the show into dark until like the last day. I got to talk to Brett more. I think we were very similar to that. Cardona was kept. That's where my brain's going. Cardona was brought into the building in that Druid outfit and put into a locked room and no one went in or out of the room. No one, none of the other Druids knew that he was there. Like the fact that I met him before the match, like I said, was like a rare occurrence that Uh happened. But outside of me and Brett and I think one other person, we were the only people that knew that he was there. But every other time... I have no idea what's going to happen uh, on these big moments and angles at all in any way um, with regular matches and events. Um, I love to just know whenever possible, I love to just speak to the guys in the match for a few minutes, just to understand. Sometimes guys literally are like, KG fucking do your thing, man. There's some people who've literally never once given me a note or a, Hey, could you mention wow. that I recently did this? Just nothing. Um, and I'm not knocking them. I'm, that's what I respect. Well, they also trust they also trust you because they know you know. Like you're gonna Sure, talk sure. They, and they're stuff. happy with what's there. Right. And yes, there's been times where, like, you know, if it's someone that I rip on or whatever, I remember one time, like I thought of this really good line in the moment about uh someone's parents like not accepting them or claiming them as a kid, like the reverse of you not claiming your kid, you know, or not the reverse, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, an adult, an adult not being being unclaimed by his parents. But then I, in the moment before I said it, I was like, ah, I don't want to, you know, because you never know what people's personal situations are. And like, oh, I don't want to just go out of pocket right. talking about this person's family. And then I, I went up to the person after and I was like, oh, I was going to say this thing. I ah, say whatever. I'm like, ah, but, you know, it was a little bit, bro, you can say anything. And then I'm like, ah, well, it was about your parents, like your mom and dad. It's good. The more say terrible things about them. Ah, I love it. So I was like, oh, okay. So the, in, in that case, I knew. But generally, uh, I guess in a perfect world, I like right. to talk to people just for a minute or two, just to know if there's anything that they feel is really important about the match, or if there's a right. A, is there like a moment? Like, is there a thing that this match? Because some matches are all about there's going to be this one thing, and other mm-hmm. matches are just like this is going to just be a dope match that happens. And some of the best matches I've ever called, like I've literally known absolutely nothing of anything. I don't know who, what the finish is. I don't know who's going over. Um, and But on the flip side, some of the best matches I've ever called, I knew the general layout of the match and uh, a few key points. You know what I mean? Like I've done shows, like more shows than I could count with no note of any kind, like right. a blank piece of paper in front of me that says the name of the event and the hashtag on it. And then as each match comes out, I'll write each person that's in the match just so their name is right in front of me. And I just don't lose it in the moment. Cause sometimes you just need that ground to be yeah. like Alex Cologne, you know, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I guess in a perfect world, like a little, a little bit of both. Like um, right. if I don't need to know, I don't want to know as far as big moments, and then, like, you know, who's winning and if someone's leaving the company or this is someone's last match, you know, if it's 
meant to be dramatically revealed. I prefer that it be dramatically revealed. I prefer not to know, but I do like to know it, it can make moments better uh, when people smart me up to just certain subtle uh, subtleties that need to be enhanced or just things to put over. And, and uh, to close it out, uh, that thought is like, some people might just be like, Oh, it's important to stress like that. I'm from here and this is my heritage or whatever of, um, of this ancestry. And it's like, you got it. Some people are like my height, like put over my height. And it's like, (laughs) you got it. And then some people are like, when I do this thing, um, you know, it's like really devastating. So like extra, like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's weird how you, you can get a full array of different things and other people will just say, Oh, and uh, if I hit this move, it's important because this, and you're like, Oh, great. And then that's so easy to weave in and make everything mean more, but it's interesting because you'll get everything from just put over where I'm from to this little, uh, spotlight on this motion makes this all feel bigger that's like a pretty diverse range right there of what you might get you know what i mean and then there's some people you get nothing from um my first the first gcw show that i called the entire show i was, was gonna uh, ask when when did that happen so i had or done the, like, and even how i started my first show ever with them was spring break the original joey janela spring break so they had like a rotating cast of commentators and I got to call. I was actually the first person that contacted them about being part of it. Uh, like literally they announced it. Like I saw the press release go out and then I was just like, yo. Like, I think I how- had some friends who were in that rotation as well. Yeah. I Maybe know. Against uh, Jermaine, I think jumped in. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. think Excalibur. Yeah. Um, Drew Cordero. It was like a, a diverse mix of people. Man. So I hit them up. I was already a fan of Joey Janela. Uh, I was more of a fan of Joey Janela than Game Changer Wrestling. I knew about GCW, but Joey's stuff I would watch. So I hit Joey up. That lets me getting a shot at Spring Break 1. And then I came back at Spring Break 2. And then I came back at Spring Break 3. And then it was after Spring Break 3 that I started doing more, more stuff. Right. Like more regularly. But the uh show and i always remember this uh djz was his name then uh now uh i always forget i'm sorry what's his name in uh nxt uh, joaquin uh, wild yeah so it, it all, all comes down to joaquin wild helped me uh tremendously and i thanked them for this publicly before but here we go again so i know i'm doing commentary at the show in la right uh-huh. and that's all i know And that's what I knew the day before the show. It's what I knew the day of the show. It's what I knew eight hours before the show, four hours before the show, one hour before the show, the whole time I'm just there. I'm visible. I'm near the gorilla position, just waiting to find out like what matches am I calling? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's literally one minute to airtime and I'm standing at gorilla. I don't know what matches I'm calling. And uh, DJ Z comes up to Brett at gorilla because DJ Z is fighting great Sasuke in match one. And DJ Z just goes to Brett. Hey, Brett, uh, who's calling match one? And Brett's like, I'm not sure. And DJ Z's like, can KG call it? It's my match or whatever. So Brett's like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, holy fuck, I get to call a great Sasuke. And no knock on DJ Z. I'm a fan yeah, of his yeah, as yeah. well. But it's like, uh, holy shit. So Brett's like, here, he just turns and looks at me and he's like, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to rotate you in. We're going to rotate you out. Right. Other people will come out and join you. We <laughs> yeah. add, we take away, just whatever. So I go out there and I'm like, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm Kevin Gill. I'll be one of a, we have a great cast of characters coming through. We're in a rotation. Boom, boom, boom. They never fucking sent anybody out. So I just called the entire (laughs) show by my fucking self. Sean from the hot tub came out and joined me for one match. And, and the main event was David Arquette versus Nick Gage. Oh shit. That was, yeah, it was legendary and no feedback. Like in other words, more of this, less of this, uh, this. Okay. Just, I'm just in a vacuum, you know what I mean? Going off on the mic. Wow. Oh, my God. I had Arquette on the... I asked about that match because I had Arquette on the pod. Dude. Uh, wow. I didn't realize you called that. Yeah, man. And they used... It was weird because um, that was a match I, in advance, out of respect to David Arquette and out of respect to the unique uh, spectacle, I did, like, have, like, eight bullet points about David Arquette, where normally I don't have, like, bullet points for each person. Oh, right. man. But, you but like I manifested ha- this happening, dude. It's so crazy. And I was putting over, um, just putting over these uh, key things about him and why this is so. It, basically, I knew they were fucking making a movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, as a smart person looking at it, I understand what a, a, a story arc is. This is going to be a pivotal fucking scene in the movie because he's already done all these other matches. This death match is probably the crescendo of the fucking film. You know what yeah. I mean? So the whole Shit. time I'm trying to put him and Nick and everyone, but I'm putting over his journey, his struggle, his conflict with uh, his legacy, Holy. all this. Yeah. It, because I also wanted to be my voice, at least to be in the documentary. And I felt like I was doing so good at commentary. His camera guys kept coming by and shooting me doing the commentary. So I'm like, fuck yeah. So then the movie comes out and I'm watching it and, they're using the commentary drops from all his matches leading up to it. But then when they get to uh, L.A., they don't they didn't use any of my voice at all. So I was kind of like, you uh, know, just person privately uh, bummed, like, oh, man. Yeah, but that's because they were at, focused more on the injury. Yeah. Right. And... So I'm like, all right, whatever. I was just per- like personally disappointed just because I was like, oh, I felt like this was going to happen. And who knows what could happen from that? But then Vice goes and makes Dark Side of the Ring and features heavily that episode, that match in oh, the Nick Gage fuck. thing. And they use the fuck out of my voice. Uh, the final thing you hear in the episode, I think like the screen goes black and I yell out one more thing or something. Oh, and that's shit. the end of the episode. And I'm like, yo, this is so dope. And it made me just feel validated. Like, like you said, uh, for maybe it was for story arc reasons or whatever. It wasn't appropriate to use my stuff, but I felt like I had some really good lines in there that would have fit in good in his movie. But no, I'm sure the fact that Vice correctly. Yeah, it was edited incorrectly. <laughs> and that's why it didn't win any awards. Because they didn't <laughs> include you. No, but that's fascinating, man. But I mean what <laughs> what I hear when you talk about Thank this you for sharing like, that. That was awesome. That's a, real. <laughs> there's a like there's a selflessness to co- commentary because and it's again part of the what the beauty of professional wrestling is that uh, similar to the ref, similar to the crowd, similar to the commentators, that you're all part of the actual show, right? Yeah. You're all, including the crowd, we're all part of the theater of essentially pretending that this is an actual <laughs> bout, right? And the more real it is to you in the crowd and on the commentary and whatever, the the performer, you've seen the stuff that these men and women can do. Yeah. When the crowd is lit, it, it's superhuman, not, not the uh, yeah. viral performer, but the state of mind like what well, like uh, uh well, I, I could veer off a, a bajillion ways veer? i 
I could veer Mahan. <laughs> I, uh, he he says veer at least two times in that episode. But I'll I love say it. this is that I could veer Mahan um to the edge and christian of this episode but is that i uh <laughs> kevin like there's a selflessness to the way you commentate that is necessary in pro wrestling where you're you're like understanding this is not about my character this is about me getting over these guys and gals in the ring and the stories they're trying to tell and the characters that they're trying to sell and I think that that is is kind of amazing. Whereas, like, I know that if I was doing commentary, you know, I'd probably be a little bit more like Pat McAfee. <laughs> 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 Which, by the way, I think there is room for it. But I'm saying the way that you uh, – there is room for it. Cause, and he does sure. sell as well. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. When, like, Shinsuke's coming down the ramp and he's up there, like, that is selling. There, There is an element of that, even though he's making of himself course. a spectacle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm so into what's happening. But I think the way that you do it is truly, like – uh, the way that it needs to be done, um, and 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 I and I and it's a testament to you, uh, and I think that's fucking amazing, you know. Well, thank uh, you, man. I, I, I love, I love your process, it. you know. I love doing it, and I love I love putting people over. Like I love talking about what I like. Like who doesn't? Who doesn't like mm-hmm. talking about what they like? And I think so many people have lost touch with the magic. Like whether it's technology or whatever is taking it away, people have lost touch with the magic of just excitement of just putting stuff over yeah. like remember like getting an album and putting it on and being like i love this shit we're seeing a yeah. movie and being like this is fucking great mm-hmm. as opposed to this is great but the introduction yeah. of this character in the second act was a bit weak like i i, I don't know you know what i mean maybe it's because i've got to work on a lot of well, different things in gaming and wrestling and music and all this stuff where it's like yeah. sometimes my opinion or criticism or feedback or direction is needed Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's asked for. Sometimes I'm paid for it. But guess what? Just as many times, it's not needed. It's not necessary. And nor does it add anything. And I'm someone who has experience in the game, so to speak. Like so many people lose sight of just, it's okay to enjoy something. And I just love being in that moment where I'm literally getting paid to watch my favorite hands down wrestling product, see all my favorite wrestlers that I'm also Mm -hmm. then somehow friends with. Mm-hmm. and speak truthfully but with awe or venom about what the fuck it is that they're doing right like and and the getting the feed, you know feedback like this from you guys and feedback i've gotten from uh from other people and fans and everything it uh like someone wrote uh i saw this on twitter when i was come flying home from the collective uh someone wrote that they went and watched spring break on pay-per-view with their their mum in the UK yeah, and the mum had never watched GCW before. And at the end of the spring break pay-per-view, the mum said this Kevin Gilbloke is the best commentator I've ever heard. Yeah. And I've been watching wrestling for 47 years or whatever. <laughs> he's quote, he's better than Jim Ross. And it's like, but the idea, what's crazy about that is to me, like if you listen to haters or cynics or whatever, I'm, I'm horrible at commentary and nobody likes it and whatever. And I'm not saying that I think I'm better than Jim Ross or whatever, who is a legend, but the idea that an older wrestling fan could say, I think this is literally the best and I've heard it all. And I can meet younger fans and men and women and people of all, like, I just like that they're what people that don't like it. That's their right. But the people that find it excites them. And if I had a dollar for every time that someone told me that they watch wrestling at home, and then someone in their household 
has been in the periphery of them watching wrestling for years and never, ever, 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 ever sat down once with them to watch it while it's on. But then they would, when they're watching GCW, they keep coming into the room and being like, well, well, I have to, well, they hear what I'm yelling about. And then they're like, I have to see this or they'll pop. Did that guy just say that? And then they sit down for a minute. Like, I'm just going to watch this match. And I've met people like that. Then they'll come to the show and tell me the story or, or variants of it where the commentary got a family member to join in the fun or drew back in a lapsed fan or things of that nature. So I think a lot of people get lost. They lose sight and they get caught up in the criticism loop where it's okay just to enjoy something or it's like, I don't like olives or whatever, but I don't really have to spend a minute of the day explaining that I don't like olives. I don't have to post graphics (laughs) about olives. I don't have to spend any time. Like the fact that I've talked about olives right now too much. It was a bit. I'll be honest. It was a little too much. All it turned me off. A little too much <laughs> olive talk. I, 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 I think that you, olives, man. you bring up such a great point on this episode, and we went a while, but we'll bring you back. But and I hope I hope to have you back often on all the stuff that we do. Please, but I think that Cow, the baby. thing that came out of this conversation for me that's really interesting is is about enjoying the show and the moment and serving the show. And the moment. And I think that it's interesting. I know that I'm making this about me, but it's interesting because like sometimes my, uh, uh, like my girlfriend has said to me before, she's been like, why are you not excited about that? Or why are you not, why are you not like, like this and that? And, and, and because I honestly want every, I'm, I honestly want everybody else to have like an awesome fucking time. Like, especially if it's my thing. You know, oh. uh, 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 like I, I remember, I mean, this is a big example of it. It's, it's like, you know, I had a wedding. I'm not married anymore, but I had a wedding and like, I remember it was hard You're for me to enjoy it. You're not married again yet. Yeah. Yeah. Not married again yet. But I was hard for me to enjoy my wedding because it was like so many people there for me and I want to make sure they have mm-hmm. a good time. You know what sure. I mean? And I want to make sure that their experience was good. But then. There is that awesome moment where you're like, okay, I put this thing on and then someone comes to me and like, I had the best time. A lot of times, you know, Tulo's really good at being like, that was such a fucking awesome time. And that lets me know I had a good time, you know? And I think that it's easy at the same time. So I enjoy hearing that feedback, but I'm trying to focus on feeling that like myself. And then at the same time, I'm trying not to be like the show, the moments are the thing. And so there's this fallout after where it's like, well, now I got to post about it. Then you post something from an amazing moment and people just like hit like or skip it or don't write anything. And then you're like, wait, what? This thing was amazing. Like, yeah, my favorite is when I I actually commit and write like this big, like this whole like what a journey and yada, yada, yada. This whole fucking heart wrenching or heart, you know, tear uh, inducing saga of of joy. And then at the end, I'll be like three likes, zero shares. And it's like, but if I wrote, man, that Batman movie sucked or whatever, I, you know, I mean, my, my, my Facebook blows up. <laughs> and like, right. That's an amazing point, right? If you, speak, <laughs> if you like talk about the Will Smith slap, you'll get right. more responses than talking about something that was actually. And I, I'm so happy you. that as of this recording, as of this moment, yeah. I sent a total of zero tweets, texts. Facebook messages, public posts, Instagrams, or stories regarding Chris Rock and Will Smith. Just none. I was able to just, and I recommend people can just do that more when something really. I cannot tell you how many times I go to type something because I instantly get like, don't realize it. And they go, 
uh, this isn't worth my time getting involved. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I, ha- I, just I have, an, like, I have an opinion on it. Of course, who doesn't have an opinion on most anything, but exactly. Uh, well, actually, we to be honest, out. it's the true opposite. What happened there, if we're, it is the true opposite of what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, as Will Smith is a spectator, right, making it about himself, even though the comment's about himself, he's not supporting the person who's actually yeah, performing. Yeah, he needs, stage, right. Right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so I think, like, that's this. But, Kevin, but the point I was making about mm-hmm. all this was direct to you because on both the Vegas show and this show, the level of gratefulness you have on being on the show and the amount of fun you have on being on our show, which to be honest is is small, even though we have some big people on our show, we have Ziggler and we have big like stars on it. It's a smaller show compared to the microcosm that is the collective and these GCW events. Sure. And like and 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 you're so happy to be on it. It's fucking infectious. So you're you've had that effect on me of making me oh, enjoy me it twenty times more. Like when I was te- extra Vegas, I would te- you know we were texting and saying you were just like, man, that was the best time. Like I had the best time. And it, you're like, it was so I mean, fun. Yeah, yeah. So I and mean, you guys, I mean, great- to be honest though, it, it, not not blowing smoke or saying this yeah. just to whatever but from as soon as i got to the building in vegas uh you guys have like a fun energy like you're not um you're not sitting around being like oh fuck this fuck where's the fucking you know and everyone can fall victim to that sort of grouchiness or uh nerves or whatever Uh, but you guys are all just there's still laughs even if there's stress or as stuff's just coming together there's like a fun vibe and you know, Ziggler's there cutting the sleeves off T-shirts, of course. You wrestler <laughs> one on one. I gotta get him a new ref shirt every time. Every time, right? Sleeve. So we can cut you the might sleeves have off. Cut the sleeves off. So like, stop asking, bro. <laughs> Just cut the sleeves off. We know you don't wear sleeves. No one's ever seen you in sleeves. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. There's just all. Of- they're just all over the floor backstage. It looked like uh, like discarded do rags. He hasn't worn uh-huh. sleeves since the Spirit Squad. I mean, <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> but you guys have a, a fun energy, and I love the. Uh, I didn't know what to expect at the first event, obviously, because it was yeah. my first one. But uh, I love the well the whole thing. But the comedy part of it was the pleasant surprise first, because that was rolled out first, and it was so fucking hilarious, and it was way different than I expected it to be. Because the last thing I expected in the world was like Dolph Ziggler ripping on the audience and telling jokes at his own expense at the same time. That's a fine, uh, fine line to walk. And it's hilarious on several levels because he can pop, you know, his dressing room or the backstage at a DZ and friends is Mm -hmm. quite fun. But he can pop the curtain in the dressing room as well as he can pop the audience. Sometimes on, you know, one joke is for the audience. One joke is for the back, whatever. But the comedy was so hilarious, like act after act and seeing, um, and I apologize. I'm bad with names. The, who was the ring announcer at the Las Vegas one? Uh, oh, she, oh, she, Jason oh, no, no. At Las oh, Vegas, Kayla Braxton. Sorry. Oh, Kayla yeah. Braxton at Las Vegas. My bad. Kayla Braxton, like stunningly beautiful, great ring announcer. Her comedy set was like a C I, I know people get caught up and enamored with her looks or whatever, but to me for a first time person going on a stage and doing comedy, she was like, she could do it professionally, in my opinion, just based on how strong she was in that five minute or three minute bit that she did. You know, it's, it's so funny because, like, uh, man, I know we're trying to wrap up, but dude, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> we're not gonna. But it's so funny because every time I do these shows, there's always like wrestling talents and wrestling. I love going into the wrestling world because I have no, e- I, I, you, you, I don't, I don't get. Listen, like this sounds like cocky or whatever, but like. I've said this before. I acted in a scene with, like, Johnny Depp, okay? Like, I come from fucking the Hollywood role, which I'll, I'll play as a heel in my in my shit or whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
So like, so like, I don't, I'm not like start even though, like, even though with the, like, so when I, I know how to hang around these wrestlers, you know, because I'm not like whatever. Even if I'm like, you know, oh wow, you're my favorite, like blah blah blah. Sure, whatever. And also, you know how to hang out, I'm right? Old at this point, but, the, but the funny thing is like wrestlers are so fucking different than Hollywood actors. They're so guarded. They're they're so guarded. They have walls, and every time I I break down a walls of a wrestler, it normally comes from them seeing me perform. Yeah, so sure. Like, then they come up to me and they're like, "All right, you got you got some chops, like you got talent, you're cool." And so like like I remember I did a set. Becky Lynch was in the audience, you know, and then she saw me do a set and I did very well. And then backstage she came up to me like, "Great set." And then I and I talked to her, but before the show, I was like, I I, I know not to approach these wrestlers; they gotta see me. Right. <laughs> like, I was in the back with Kayla, who's super nice. But I remember I was talking to her, and she was a little she's bit like, all right, nice. she you know she's a little bit like I'm. She's nervous for her set. Then I performed, and after I performed, she comes up to me and is like, "Yo, I, I gotta go up, like blah blah blah." And I just I love. I love uh, 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 I, I love seeing the walls of wrestlers come down to the, to us comedy folks and what we do because it, it's a tough fucking and business. You gotta watch your way. fucking back. You know you gotta protect yourself. And it gives them a, a nice way to segue into a, a new opportunity, whether it's for the night or down the line. You know what I mean? Like similar to how Undertaker seemed to be auditioning for a role on some sort of a weird inspirational speaking television. <laughs> or touring television program during his Hall of Fame speech, Kayla Braxton yeah. could easily have a career in comedy or anything else that she wants should she ever grow tired of uh, <laughs> her current duties. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, G, uh, before we head out, yeah. um, I posted in the Discord for our patrons to ask some questions, and there were two questions, so maybe if you can answer them quickly. Uh, it would be a nice yeah. little gift back to the patrons that asked. Uh, um, Philip Hollingsworth uh, asked, uh, biggest influence on your commentary style? Any influence outside of wrestling that informs your style? Uh, well, I think, I mean, inside of wrestling, I'm very influenced by, like, uh, Joey Styles and uh, old Jim Ross, so to speak, the mm -hmm. classic JR. I love his stuff in the UWF. Um, and, of course, you know, uh, Gorilla Monsoon and uh, Jesse Ventura and Bobby Sick. Heenan. Uh, and of course, he. Uh, some people laugh at this one, but uh, I put him up there with the greats, man. Vince McMahon on commentary is Hell is yeah. a fucking is a delight. Vince McMahon on anything, you know, <laughs> uh, except for except you know being stunner. a human except being. on Stone Cold. Stone <laughs> no, no, yeah. I, I would argue he takes the best stunners. That <laughs> heightening of twenty years later, <laughs> finding a way to botch it worse. You know what I mean? Uh, you know one of the crazy? greatest works of all time. <laughs> I just fully realized this, so I was at. The first stunner Vince McMahon ever took, his first bump in WWE was at Madison Square Garden at, uh, I believe it was a Monday Night Raw, yeah. and I was fucking there. Holy shit. And then I most definitely, definitely saw the last Stone Cold yeah, stunner yeah, yeah, that yeah, Vince yeah. has ever taken. So yeah, I, me I, too, I was, me too. I, I was, I was at Raw 25. I saw I saw Vince take the uh, the stunner at Raw 25 when he stunned Shane and <laughs> stunned Vince also. Oh, my God. Vince bounced it. He, he turned a stunner into an Irish whip setup. Uh, and then out, outside of wrestling influences, I think uh, for commentary, I think it's just like the spirit of, of punk rock and hardcore yeah, music. You and just even called a, the match with Lars this weekend, right? A little bit of hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Me and Lars Fredrickson. We did two or three. Lars uh, Sullivan. 
No, Lars Fredrickson. Uh, <laughs> Lars Fredrickson oh, is better than Lars Sullivan. You and, and Lars Sullivan, you, yeah. Well, tell me about your relationship. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, we, don't we, have time. Out, we don't have time. We started out just uh, sharing the screen, but then it turned into these uh, private Snapchats where, you know, he oh. promised he would delete them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he started yeah, he by would... liking all of my photographs, like hundreds <laughs> and thousands of photographs at a time. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. And what's the second question? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, go. let's, let's be away from oh. Lars Sullivan. I was gonna. I, well, I was gonna say he's just, gonna like this post. Uh, shout out to Lars, not so Fredrickson. <laughs> Fredrickson, uh, just man, it, it was really cool to hear him commentate with you. Like uh, that guy loves professional wrestling. I mean, like just marking out for the wrestlers and knowing what's going on. It's cool to see, and also to see what he's brought to GCW too, with using one of his songs as the promo for the show. Like. It, it's just like that's such a doping i can't imagine what that experience was like just for even you just like sitting down next to this like music no, legend and you're like oh, I that's amazing with this guy but what's funny a lot of people don't know this is so for me it was like i was reuniting with lars on commentary because yeah, yeah. I, I my i the first time i ever called wrestling at, with a commentary partner i had done it one time by myself solo and then I did it one time with Lars. We called the show together in the early 2000 or in the late 2000s of the first decade of the 2000s. Like 2009, we called a show together. And that show that we called together is what got me uh, my commentary job with uh, Insane Clown Posse and Juggalo Championship Sick. Wrestling and that stuff. Oh, shit. And then from that, obviously, that ultimately, ultimately I ended up in uh, Game Changer Wrestling as a commentator and so basically though my, it all started with i did this dvd with lars and then icp saw it and hired me off well as i was already a referee for them but they saw that and were like instantly whoop, like whoop whoop, whoop <laughs> like you're put away your ref shirt uh you're good now uh, and so again and for me it was great because being a being on commentary barely hurts my knees so <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot less you know dropping and so you used uh, to ref that's yeah, I, I, I refed cool. I refed for a bunch of years and I got to ref with so many great I refed matches for Roddy Piper, Paula Nash, and uh, Tito Santana, like and I'm just scratching oh. the surface. Like I could go on and on and on yeah. and on and on and on, like uh Gangrel, Todd Bridges. Oh wow. Todd Bridges, yeah, just I could go on and on, but nope. uh, I, I got to referee for so many people that I was a fan of and that I admired and Obviously uh, helps in the commentary game as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and just knowing what's okay. up and knowing, you know, you just learn. I learned valuable lessons as a referee that I, I took with me to commentary, even just in terms of I always remember at one of the first events I was refereeing uh, Samu, who is one of the uh, the third Wild Samoan, uh, yeah. along with Afa and Sika. He was running a women's event at the same place that uh, my event was at. So I... I'm a green ref, you know what I mean? So I ref, I ref the show I was on and then I'm, uh, I was watching one of his shows. I'm just watching a gorilla and suddenly, uh, something happened. I don't know if a fan ran in the ring, something happened. And he just turned to me and was like, ref, you know, go out there and do this. And I'm just sitting there and I don't have my ref shit on anymore. Cause I'm not <laughs> refing, you know what I mean? So I was like, ah, and then I just got another ref real quick and the ref ran out and fixed it. And Samu was like, brother, that's why you have your shit. You know what I mean? Like, just have it on. You know what I mean? Oh, because shit. if it's go right. time, it's go time. And I'm like, all right, I got you. And then... It's like Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. Bring but back. then he you was like... Then he, then, but then he, this. Then he told me, come back uh, 
tonight or tomorrow, whatever it is, uh, I'll have you ref on my show. I appreciate oh, that, you're awesome. here, that you're here watching the matches and everything. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. So uh, he had someone who worked with him, this ref who was like kind of like his helper who was helping him run the shows and stuff. So later on that night, I run into the ref and the ref's like, oh, hey, I talked to Samu and uh, he says we're all good on refs. We have one too many, so we don't need you. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no way. And he's like, yeah, I just want to let you know so you don't have to bring your stuff, nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then the next day, I cruise by, like, when the show's in progress because I'm not on it. So I just show up and I'm uh, – I think I watched it from the audience. But then Samu saw me and and uh, he came over and he's like, you just no-show to booking? And I'm like, no, sir. Oh, like, your, your man, you know what I'm saying, homie oh, over shit. here told me that no ref was needed. He's like, brother, I asked you to come to the show. If I tell you you're not needed, then you're not needed. And that that was such a valuable lesson because here's this guy who I don't even know, but I met him. He's smiling to my face. He seems like a normal person. That dude went out of his way to fuck up an opportunity for me, a young green ref, who was getting a great chance to work for uh, the Samoan family. You know what I mean? So I learned yeah. two two super valuable lessons. <laughs> Trust early nobody on. and listen to the main guy. <laughs> well, I think that's yeah, why I was yeah. saying that the wrestlers are so interesting. They're so I, I find that the rest wrestling the wrestlers that I interact with they're very on edge. They're always they're always sus in this business in that business. And there's people in there who ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah and yeah. it's important to keep them out. Keep them out. And uh, if they're a social media thing, don't empower them. Like so many people think quote tweeting someone is a way to bury them but you're only in a way no matter what you put in the quote tweet you're still putting them over you're still bringing eyes to them and you're still giving them the attention and the oxygen that they need like you know what i'm saying just don't wrestling, do it. No, wait, anyone who's a wrestling fan knows like heat is heat attention's attention right it was like it's always like you know bad uh, all press is good press you know blah blah so blah to speak like, yeah, mo yeah most old i i, I, I just want to say to bring uh, to bring home that point though kg is that like i feel like that lesson learned was that you don't want that to be involved or be a way that happens in the promotion that you're in and i can kind of feel like by the way everybody talks gcw is very much doesn't fucking pull that shit and if you come along you're gonna you're gonna know right. like hey we don't do that here you know and, and I respect that because it blows my mind because nowadays, like, so this guy who was working with Samu from the Wild Samoans, he was to Samu what maybe I am to Brett today. You know yeah. what I mean? In terms of someone who helps him or works with them or is part of the team. And then it's yeah. like in the same situation, under no circumstances, never in a million years would i ever do yeah, yeah what yeah, that yeah, person yeah. did yeah yeah if i thought brett made a bad decision or if he i or man that ref's like a meth addict or whatever like hey brett you know what i'm saying maybe we should yeah uh not use this guy but uh, the uh, the idea that someone did that someone who like smiled to my face shook my hand whatever made up a thing and made up a lie to make me seem unprofessional and but in the end who looked bad him yeah who right. still got to work with uh that was my first time working with the Samoan family, and then uh, the Samoan dynasty, I should say. And then it was years later that I got to work with Rikishi uh, at Knox Pro in L.A. Sick. Rikishi is the one who gave me the OG name because he's like, oh, you a true OG. Oops. Like, you're, that's your name now. You're OG Kevin Gill. Right. And I'm like, dude, a fucking triple OG member of the Samoan bloodline and the Samoan dynasty just made me a OG Kevin Gill. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? So whatever people are like, oh, you try to call yourself OG, like, 
yo, go please question my brother Rikishi about it. You know what I mean? Please call his credibility as a uh, fighting on the streets of South San Francisco uh, into <laughs> into you know, feeling out. I feel like we got your full origin story this there. Is a right? idea. That, that was so I squeezed some in at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and I we, managed to tell it without telling any of the video game, backyard wrestling video game or music stuff. Yeah. Wow. Well, so we'll, we'll we'll we have opened up part back. two, and part three, back. part four. Okay. It'll be a special uh, premium live event on the Comedians of Podcast uh, Metaverse. Comedians, of, I can't believe you just said Comedians of podcast Podcast. is a running joke oh, on this podcast. Man. No, it's a running joke <laughs> on the podcast. When we're not talking about wrestling, we oh. yeah, we call it the Comedians <laughs> of Podcast. So actually, what you said made perfect sense. You almost looked like I a I can't wait to tell king. Newman that. You oh my like God. The whole thing is Newman Cal fanboy there. That was great. <laughs> well, 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 well let's leave it. A true, only a true OG <laughs> would know that. Okay, guys, the fact that you said that just that was amazing. I have to pee, so but we'll leave it on this. But let's just leave it. On, <laughs> let's go back to marking out for one last second. Yeah, yeah. It, okay, because you brought up Rikishi, and I've yeah. been thinking about Rikishi lately, and sure. I think it's another wrestler who I didn't appreciate, and now when I think back, I'm like, he was great. Yeah, like, yeah, Rikishi yeah. was fucking great. Now, I liked had... him in all his incarnations, even when he was uh, making a difference Fatu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, like... I got to see make a difference Fatu at Madison Square Garden. I, uh, I, I think as a, I didn't, I didn't see how he fit in with like the rocks and stone colds, like when I was a kid, you know. And now I'm looking back, and you're like, you had like a huge Samoan guy like that who like had like you know, I mean, maybe we we can argue the ass stuff. Blah blah blah. You know, maybe well, we didn't that's, necessarily that's, need it, but it got the over. Sports entertainment, right? You can't get enough ass. Kids love ass. Look what? at Bussy. Where would Bussy be without ass? He. Mm. <laughs> they just be Ussy. Yeah, yeah, they'd be Ussy. Because <laughs> Rikishi got the strap, right? <clears throat> I not. I don't think he got the world title. He had several titles, and obviously, Such well, he mark. had like almost like so many different runs. Even then, as Rikishi, like there was heel Rikishi, there was like comedy tag team Rikishi, so to speak. You know what I mean? And then you had all the earlier incarnations. But go back to the Samoan SWAT team, man. Look at the Samoan SWAT team with Paul Heyman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that shit. That's fucking Rikishi as well. You know what I mean? That's Rikishi and Samu. Uh, yeah. The, the same dude that gave me that opportunity and someone I'm still Facebook friends with to this day. Wait. But I have. Big respect for the Samoan dynasty and bloodline, and the fact that those guys even know who I am. Never mind, gave me opportunities, gave me my name, etc. Sure. And shout out to all of them, Count Black Pearl and uh, honorary Samoan Gangrel as well, because to me, he's also part of the Samoan family. Love that! Wow, uh, Rikishi never won the WWE championship, but sometimes in my mind, I imagined him he holding got, it. Did he get the IC? Maybe he held it for the Rock. He's an American professional wrestler. He, he was a one-time IC champ, two-time tag champ, but one time. Yeah. Wow. You when did what? he have the IC? Who did he beat and who beat him? Uh, I have to look it up. But I I thought that he got he became the champion. I don't know why in my brain, but, you know, whatever. He went right up to that spot with the, the rock car hit, the car angle. Yeah, I the car angle, the and then he fell off the, the cell. Like, he, yeah. was, uh, he was main eventing, you know? Um and he could move a big guy who could move like that, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, he had the heel turn where he hit right, right. He hit him with the car. Oh, he hit the rock with the car. But where is the IC title? Mm, I don't know. Uh whatever. I don't need to look this up now. But I I'll just say if someone could text me later, I want to know who did oh, she beat. 
He he was repacked in he was managed he unsuccessfully challenged Rock for the IC title at WrestleMania thirteen. Okay. That's when he was the Sultan though. Oh wow. Managed by uh after winning the IC title. Here we go. Oh sorry. He uh yeah, from he beat Chris Benoit in Okay, no wonder we don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> he in June wow, twenty second Chris Benoit. I want to watch that match. Yeah, June twenty second, two thousand on the SmackDown. He beat Chris Benoit for the IC title. Wow! And then who did he drop it to? Oh, probably doesn't. Or I think that he. Oh, I think he lost it to Kurt Angle. Sitting here, I think Damn. he had a shoulder injury. But wasn't Kurt Angle already a main eventer? One of my favorite things ever, and it's a small, small sprinkle in the footnotes of wrestling. Yeah, I used to love when Chris Jericho would call Rikishi Rakasiki. That's like one of the best little like lost calls of all time. And just the name Rakasiki on its own to me is just so classic. Anyway, there's so much shit I get back to here. Like uh, uh, there's so much here, but I, I, why do I remember him holding the title? But I guess I don't, I can't anyway. Whatever. He might've, he might've physically held it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to pick it up and tower over the rock. But <laughs> yeah, well, when the rock he had, came back he had title injury, shots, you know? Yeah. And when the rock came back from the, the, car storyline he probably didn't have the belt at that moment because he just came back yeah anyway let's get out of here kevin because <laughs> i gotta pee so bad it also will never stop i have to put a hard yeah, stop I on know. It, that's a great cut this into to... multiple episodes no, no 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 this is going out for the they, the, the the fans deserve this great time this is a great fucking conversation but kevin you're fucking awesome we went into in depth about how great you are you can watch kevin on game changer <laughs> wrestling plug your socials and stuff so people can get you yeah uh, please check me out. Give me a follow on uh, Twitter at OG Kevin Gill. Same as Instagram, OG Kevin Gill. And you can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty active on there as well. I have a KG Kevin Gill like page and just my regular Kevin Gill Facebook page, which is like de facto promotional page. And uh, yo, shout out to the homies at Real Kind Meds. You could follow at Real Kind Meds 4321 on Twitter for all sorts of uh, reasons to be discovered later. Yeah. Uh, I want to sh- shout out to snack season snack season sauces on Twitter and Instagram uh, have just released my what up though, Buffalo spice, uh, like a gourmet, a boutique oh, shit. Uh, oh, hot shit. sauce inspired by the greatest hot sauce flavor in all time, Buffalo uh, sauce and a tip of the cap to great Buffalonians like, uh, and, and adjacent areas like, uh, uh, Andy Williams and Pepper Parks, aka the Butcher and the Blade, Danny Garcia, yeah. Kevin Blackwood, Puff, all the Buffalo homies. Hell but yeah. what up, though, Buffalo, indeed. And then uh, da, da, da. I do commentary for Middle Kingdom Wrestling over in China, and they did a really cool uh, uh, tour sponsored by the U.S. State Department. Uh, and I got to call this special like World Peace Wrestling match, Fuck yeah. uh, where it's a Chinese competitor and an American competitor on each team having a, a friendship battle. Oh, and shit. Uh, the fact that this was funded by the U S state department, I think makes me like, I mean, it's gotta be some sort of a record. Like who else called Joey Janela's spring break and got paid from the state department or whatever to call, <laughs> uh, but check that shit out. Uh, check Hell out yeah. the homies from the underground wrestling Alliance. I'll send you the link to it. It's on YouTube. Hell yeah. Sick. Um, shout out to the homies, the underground wrestling Alliance in San Jose, California. And, uh, I have a website called dignifiedbastard.com where I sell all kinds of odds and ends. My new t-shirt just sold out, but I'm going to be restocking some stuff on there soon. And there's some other oh, yeah. just real odds and ends on there. So 
peep through it if you feel it. And thanks for the love and support. Much love, of course, to the comedians of wrestling podcast, not to be yeah. confused with the comedians of podcast wrestling. That <laughs> is my evil competitor show that I'm going to launch on my own <laughs> yeah. to C-O-P-W. steal your audience. Yeah. <laughs> Top da. And I'm going to have the belt. Uh, I'm going to have the belt just, and everything. I need you to do something for me. I need you to get in Brett's ear. Tell him I want Sean Ross app for, uh, in a match. for the Oh, countdown. shit. All right. I'm like, you know, I saw his performance at uh, yeah. Spring Break 2 in the Clusterfuck. Very underwhelming. And honestly, are you going to give him a live mic? And are you going to have Denise Salcedo in your corner? I, I don't, whatever they want to do. I know she hit him with a low blow, but you know, you never know. I actually would rather have Dan in my corner. I mean, if we're going to show up, we're going to show up as cow. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, oh, yeah, we'll unify as cow. I'm just Absolutely. saying, unify. Don't, don't make us, don't make us come to a GCW show and demand a match. Sure. Right? Let's, let's yeah, get this better, in the works because better, better than I you don't put want, the word. Yeah, better than yeah, I you don't want the outsiders. You, guys you don't want the outsiders, over. the cowsiders uh, coming through and uh, fucking start taking it. over the show, you know? Uh, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Wow. <laughs> Rest in peace to the great Scott Hall. Yeah, I have a great, great Scott Hall story I'll tell you next time. Save it. We have to save it. We it need just, to save it, it next time. Right, I'll summer, just just so you know peace. what to ask me about next time. <laughs> oh, yeah. The story The story is called Again. Oh, we're, we're teasing it. I like that we're yeah. teasing hey, something. Put it beautiful. out there. This way, what's up with the Again story? Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> sweet. So check out all Kevin's stuff, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, uh us, you know, patreon.com slash music wrestling. You know that. This is a, oh, uh, patreon.com slash game changer wrestling, too. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, be a patron of game changer wrestling. And then the last thing is if you are in Los Angeles on 420 and you want to check out Comedy Pole Show, I'm doing a new comedy show that I'm starting, uh, 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 uh with uh, with Christina, where it's uh, we got like high level acrobatic pole acts and comedians. Uh, here at the Virgil should be pretty fucking fun, and uh, wow. that's on uh, April twentieth. Pick up chicken. Former cow, uh, former cow champion, if you know what away on the show. Yeah, right? if he's doing stand up on the show, Adam Conover on the show. Uh, 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 who else is on the show? Otsko. Uh, 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 Any chance of Johnny Drip Drip? Johnny Drip Drip maybe doing his magic on the uh, parallel bars or whatever. Yeah, he, we might get about. I mean, we should get about to do it. I was like, see, some of these people could do. Uh, Christina was like, show me. I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Gonna be really sure. fucking fun. Everybody's going to be really high, literally. Yeah. And, <laughs> and figuratively. Yeah. Both, I, both I Rob Van Dam on a commercial airline. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, dudes. Everybody. Kevin, you're the best. Tulo, you're the best. I guess I'm the, the best. best. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody, you're the hey. best. <laughs> Everybody, keep watching wrestling. Kisses. Eat, eat my ass, yeah. <laughs> eat my fucking ass. <laughs>